All right. Hey, what's up, guys? We have John Rocket here. He is a cloud architect, and he's here to talk about technology, AI, crypto, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, John? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I am a cloud architect for a sports entertainment company, and um, I started soft, uh, developing software on and off when I was 14 years old. Uh, so I've been touching code for quite a while, um, but now I kind of holistically have a view into everything IT related. So I'm able to um, touch a lot of different cool systems for a lot of different really cool people in places. All right, great. So, what what is a cloud architect? I don't even I don't even know what that is. Like I've so, heard the term uh, and all that, but yeah. So, um, I basically design systems in the cloud. So, like your AWS side of things, and I integrate not just uh, cloud resources, but also on-prem resources, and figure out how to either uplift those resources to the cloud or just integrate with them, and so in a you know secure and efficient manner. Okay, and in terms of AWS, it's another term that I hear a lot, um, which yeah. is obviously a um, Amazon, like Amazon, um, is it Spaces or like Amazon? And I've heard that they like it, kind of control like a lot of the the cloud space on the, or have a lot of the cloud space on the internet, right? Yeah, so a lot of what you go to on the web nowadays is hosted or in some part uh, managed by AWS. So AWS has a suite of different services, everything from like your servers in the cloud all the way to now you can rent a satellite and get satellite imagery for a certain fixed hourly rate. Um, they, the, the power behind AWS and how much, you know, how fast you can grow different services is insane. Um, but that's essentially what it is. It's just a, a collection of services uh, for businesses to utilize at a hourly rate or a monthly rate rather than buying the hardware themselves. Okay. And in terms of, yeah, so Amazon, I guess just like Amazon. So it's like, not only like a lot of people don't know this, but Amazon, I work for Amazon, but like not only do they do shipping and then they also have like prime right. video and all that, but they also have this whole other side, which is, this side right and um, yeah were they just kind of like smart enough they were smart enough i guess to like get into that early and they, they were they were one of the pioneers into the cloud computing space and uh their their first service which was ec2 which is basically the servers hosted in the cloud um they really pioneered that and provided a very uh very good use case for companies to move out of data centers and instead give their resources to AWS. Okay, and who are some of their, like who, who would be their big competitor? Uh, so they, they have really, there's only two other big ones which are Microsoft and Google. Um, so Microsoft has their Azure side of things which is very similar to what Amazon offers and then Google also has their cloud um, which you can do the same things but as far as the complexity in what you can do I've really not seen a match compared to AWS and how fast they turn up new services that are just um, unbelievable to think that you can rent at an hourly rate things that go into you know AI and machine learning and data for analytics and it's truly truly impressive of how much they do um for businesses on the back end that most people don't realize okay and do you work for aws or kind of like 
maybe not directly, but like indirectly? Uh, no, no. Um, so uh, a lot of people that get exposure into AWS is usually through a company that's using it. Uh, there's just so many companies that use it nowadays that if you end up at one, more than likely, if you're on the systems administration side, like I was, um, you'll end up touching it. And that's how I learned. I learned on the job of how to, you know, build servers, how to deploy all kinds of different IT things. I won't go into it too much, but there's a lot of different resources that you just touch daily as being a, you know, cloud engineer. Okay. So, yeah. And then also, then there's also Apple, right? But Apple isn't nearly as big. Apple just does the cloud for like their own devices mainly, right? Correct. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. Um. Obviously, like, you know, I said, I don't know really too much about it, but like you hear the term cloud all the time and people like, I think kind of like joke about it, but I don't think really many people actually know about it. So basically like if I'm actually recording this video to the Zoom cloud, so that's right. essentially what it is, right? I mean, just on a grander scale, like anything there that's is, recorded yeah. to the, the cloud. And the whole point of that is essentially just so you don't have actually have to have the space on your computer. That's like the whole idea behind right. the cloud, right? It, right, and it's and it's accessible from any device that you are authenticated to get in from seamlessly. That's the other benefit to it that I don't have to carry around a flash drive anymore of all of my videos and you know transfer it from my phone to my computer. I can just simply upload and then download. Yeah, like one of the problems that I've had with the cloud personally is like for instance with like my iphone and like it seems like it's like naturally gotten better but it's like i have a ton of videos and a ton of pictures and then like those will go to the cloud and at first when i did that it was like yeah i had them on the go but like they had to like literally right. download so if you have like a long five minute file it was kind of like okay now I, i'm trying to show somebody this and it's like it's on the cloud and i have to wait or whatever but it seems like right. now they they've somehow figured out how to kind of like it seems like they fixed that problem by allowing you to view yeah. it or something. Yeah. So there's 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 two um, there's there's kind of two ways to look at it, and it's very similar to a water pipe. So first, you have the bandwidth, which is really how big that pipe is, and that's how much data you can fit through it. And then there's also your limit um, that set of how fast how much water you can send through that pipe. So there's there's it's a two layer kind of uh, way of thinking about it. So if you have low signal, then your pipe is going to shrink really tiny, right? And so you can only send so much. But then if you hit like a data cap, then obviously you're not allowed to send as much water through that pipe, even though you have, in theory, the amount of room. Okay. So yeah, um, I would yeah I would get into like how that all works, but it's you know it's probably just boring. But so in terms of what you do. You're you're ba basically to simplify like you just work in the cloud. Like you said, you do like systems within the cloud, but you're essentially just yeah. Setting I, up. I design I design applications that live in the cloud, and I pull in resources that whether they live down in a data center or whether they live already in the cloud or and they live in someone else's cloud. I figure out the best way to integrate all of those into a single streamlined application that's beneficial to the customer. Okay. So yeah, when okay, so when I went to college, um, this was like a while ago now, like 20 years ago or whatever, um, I yeah. wanted to do computer programming, but you know, I got through the first class, second class, I just couldn't get through. It was like go, they were like, go to the um go to the uh, computer lab or whatever and like 
you know, make a program. And I, I just, I just couldn't do it. And I, I've always yeah. kind of been like, damn, I, you know, I kind of wish I got into that. It seems like a very good field to get into, especially if you're working for like Google or Apple or whatever, but how right. hard is it really to do? And it's like, you don't have to be shy or whatever. Like, is it a pretty, is it all pretty like complicated what you're doing? I, I will say that, um, you know, I, so I'm 26. Um, I do not have a college degree, but I also started in the workforce in IT when I was 18 and I started coding when I was 14. So I have about 12 years experience coding and about six years experience in the cloud. Um, and then I was forced into it essentially at my company. Um, so, you know, whether you go the college route or whether you go, you know, my route, I think that it takes an extreme amount of patience and it takes a lot of critical thinking more than anything else. And realizing that there are, there are so many answers to the question that you are looking for that you just have to accept and choose one and try it rather than trying to find the best one. Okay. Yeah. And I'd say, I don't think that I'm very good with patience or critical thinking, sadly, like, like when I was in high school, like I was good at like doing math, but it was more because it was like, you know, kind of like A plus B equals C. It was all kind of like, I'm good at like, I guess, following instructions. But when it comes to like, right. okay, go into the lab and make yourself and make yourself a program or you have to be able to figure this out. I'm not as good at that. And I would say most people probably aren't right. Like most people aren't good with math and especially like complicated math and all that. Yeah, it, uh, so so the, the nice thing about most programming, uh, and unless you're getting into things like AI and, you know, big data, and uh, I guess things that are specifically surrounding math topics, most of it does not involve heavy math. Uh, simple like website design and things like that, it's very basic math. And, you know, a lot of the backend data that I work with doesn't really involve any math. It's more of the ability to, to continuously try things um, and, you know, you're going to get stuck about 95% of the time when you first start out and you have to be okay with that. And a lot of people aren't okay with that. A lot of people don't like that frustration. They don't have the patience to just keep trying things and keep pushing and pushing and pushing until eventually one thing clicks and then another thing clicks. And then you go to a different language and then you kind of feel like you start all over, but then you keep going. Like I know seven, eight programming languages uh, that, that all have just come, you know, Python was my first big one along with, you know, learning PHP on the website. Um, and then I, it just continued on from there. And they all have similarities and differences that you just kind of pick up along the way. Yeah. And so getting in, into like more of the stuff that I want to talk about, like AI, I find, I find it all like fascinating and yeah. I'm kind of like looking forward to all of it. Um, and like recently I listened, you know, I listened, I don't know if you know, like Lex Friedman, his podcast, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I listened to him. And recently I listened to like Sam Altman on there. Um, I obviously listened to like Elon Musk and Mark right. Zuckerberg and all those types of people. But so in terms of chat GPT, um, I guess like, is it as impressive as everyone? Do you think it's as impressive as everyone says that it is? Lost you, I think. Oh, there we go. You back? I came back. Not okay. sure what happened there. Um, no problem. Uh, yeah. So, so in answer to your question, um, no, I don't think it's as impressive as everyone thinks it is. But I, at the same time, it can be such a time saver. You there? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna make sure that that's. 
you're frozen. Neural network of data that has been compiled and algorithms ran against. That in the simplest terms, it's just a bunch of data that you can talk to and it can give you a human-like response back out of that data. Um, like if, so for example, if someone goes and tries to look up a current event, it doesn't know because its data models only go up to two years ago. So you can't get like predictive data out of it yet. But if you're talking about something common, such as I need a uh, outline for a paper that I'm writing, it's gonna give you a really good start because it's gonna go through and find every single thing that uh, every single paper of what it assumes is a paper and every single summary of what it assumes is a summary and try to put that in the most human-like readable format of what it thinks you want based on trial after trial after trial after trial after trial of it being trained uh, to understand that this is what we want you to provide. Okay. You cut out a little bit at the beginning there. Um, I don't know if you want to like re go over the beginning part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, just start back at chat GBT at the beginning. Well, yeah, the beginning of what, what you were just saying up until like the neural networks part, I think you came back in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so uh, chat GBT is just built on a giant neural network. Um, and it is essentially just a bunch of data. It's a bunch of data that is um, fed a bunch of different algorithms into. And so we train this neural network or open AI trains this neural network to be able to give a human-like response to pretty much anything that we ask it. Um, it's, it's very impressive, but I wouldn't say that it's enough to take all of our jobs just yet, especially software developers. As anyone who in the software development community tried, it's fun to try, but it's definitely more than just, if you just need a basic example, it's great. But if you try to do something complex, it just has no idea. Yeah. So how long do you think it'll take before it starts taking people's jobs? Well, so currently we're on chat GBT3, but GBT4, the fourth model just came out and that can process enough data to write like a full movie script. So you can ask it to give you a full movie, you know, script and it can provide the entire thing back to you. So, and there's rumors that there are new GPT models coming out that can process millions of lines. Um, the, 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 the problem that comes into that is that there, there's two things that I really think are the big problems about these models is that A, they come with bias, just like the internet has bias. Uh, and we see that all the time. Um, su such as when, if you search nothing but CNN articles, for news, then you go back to your Google web browser, you're going to get, if you just search for any type of news topic, you're going to get CNN articles versus you're not going to get articles from any other news source. Uh, and it also, Google determines your, you know, political preferences. It determines your, uh, obviously your gender preferences. It determines a lot of different things about you and stores that as a profile on you. And ChatGPT pulls that same information and it also builds a profile on you. So we continue down the path with ChatGPT, in my opinion, of the siloing of information. Um, and also there's no 
validation that this data is accurate. It's all from yes. So in so in terms of um, in terms of it getting the information, like you said, like if I only watch CNN, it's only going to give me CNN. So it actually gives you information based off of what you're looking at, not what it's getting information from. Like it kind of knows. Right. It'll pull. So, so if you, if you log into chat GBT for the first time, it's going to give you the, you have no profile built. So it has no expectations of what you personally want. It just knows what the most people want. And so if I ask, you know, what was this significant day on, you know, a specific day and say it was like, um, you know, Labor Day was that day, but also in some little fringe group, and you can eventually train this model to realize that you really like this little fringe topic or whatever, eventually it's going to say that little fringe topic happened and that was the most important event of that day rather than Labor Day or rather than the holiday, if that makes sense. So eventually it it will learn from you as much as you learn from it and you guys, you kind of train off of each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Like, I didn't know that. And that, that, that does seem like a problem. If, if there's any way, if there's any way real quick that you can turn your phone um, horizontal, that yeah, would absolutely. be better. If you can't, yeah. then it's fine. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit better. I like your yeah. guitar up there in the back too. Oh, like yeah. Thank guitar. You. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I didn't know that. And that kind of seems like an interesting thing. You would think that they would, they wouldn't do that. But then I like you would think they would make the model so it just tries to be as unbiased as possible, even for you, the user, right? Because they don't really want, you know, because of everything going on YouTube and Facebook and everything, they, I'm assuming they don't want people going down these like crazy paths, right? But, but, but that's what people want. And that's the common, that's the common problem. Because if I only want to see Fox News, then, and I never click on CNN then Google's going to give me only Fox News because that's what I'm going to constantly Google for and that's what I'm going to constantly search for. Same thing on the other side, same thing with any type of preference. If you have a hobby, right, and, and say that there is something like, for example, I also have a reef tank and I love my reef tank and I Google different scientific things about it all the time. Um, but there's certain terminologies and same thing with any type of hobby or job that you do that you use in that hobby. And there's certain acronyms, right? So if you Google a certain acronym of something that you know, if there's what what used to happen is that you would have to sift through every other type of act, every other acronym that is in a different field and find what you're looking for, right? Now it just knows that when I type in calcium, it pulls up calcium for reef tanks rather than searching like calcium on the periodic table or calcium involved in food processing or like any other field. It just knows that I'm looking for calcium in reef tanks. So it limits my visibility into even other fields of interest that I may or may not know even exist. Yeah. That's interesting. And I'm sorry to do this to you, man, but if there's any way you can like block the light, but like that. that yeah, I was saying that. You, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just hold it up like this. How's that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Sorry. No, normally, like I don't even care, but, um, but yeah. So that's interesting because so Google, I'm assuming when you said Google, like they don't even have their Google doesn't have their barred out yet. Right. Like they're, AI chatbot. That's and not, not that yet, I'm right? aware of, not yet. No. Yeah. Um, you don't have to hold it. Are you having to like hold it? Yeah. I, 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 let me see if I can just uh, turn my keyboard here a little bit because I've got <laughs> this really nice keyboard. That there we go. 
How's that? There we go. So, sorry, man. Okay. Um, You're good. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so Google doesn't have Bard out yet, right? So when you're talking about right. Google, like when you're using Google or I'm using Google, it's literally kind of like learning and changing its preferences for you based and obviously you have to be logged in for it to do that to your your Google It'll account start or doing whatever. It right? Whether you're logged in or not. Like if you if you open up a, a Google page that you're not even signed into, it just starts storing it all in session. And then it captures your IP address to say that this IP address without a sign-in likes this kind of thing. And then it just starts building that data up and shipping it up to the cloud and it builds a profile on you. Okay. The, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Like once again, it, it kind of like does go into that whole thing of like why everyone's getting so uh, polarized, I guess. Like if you're, if you're yeah. like really into conspiracy theories, it's going to give you that. But then if you're really into, um, I guess CNN or whatever, it's going to give you that. And right. Um, yeah. Like once again, I would think that they, at some point would be like, okay, like this isn't going good. Maybe the government would step in or something. And I know most of the, I feel like most of these companies are obviously like, like Google and all these companies Bing and Apple. Like, I, I don't even know if I should say this, but it's like, I genuinely do trust them mainly because of their belief system. And it's like, that is also biased, you know, in terms of like, most of them are liberal or, or whatever I know, or at least, coming off that way and when i listen to them it sounds like they're like when i listen to sam altman not all of them but like some of them it sounds like they're trying to do the the best thing like it, it sounds like they're not trying to do harm obviously they could um be lying and like just wanting as much money as possible which is also true but the point yeah. is is that like you would think at some point but that that's another thing that i was going to ask you was like so with youtube and google do you think that like their viewpoint is well give the people what they want like if if john wants to look at conspiracy theories then give it to him if michael wants to like learn from cnn then give him that it's kind of like i feel like they kind of have more of like a um i don't know if i want to say like communist approach but like in a way i feel like they have this kind of like um uh what would be the word for kind of like um you know, like give the people what they want. I feel like YouTube is right. doing an extremely good job at giving the people what they want. And it's right. like, I can go on there as, as long as you're not breaking their, their terms of service or their rules or whatever. Uh, I can go on there and I can, they're giving me an opportunity to go on there and say whatever I want and view whatever I want. And in a way that's good, but then also this is a long way of me saying basically in a way that's good, but then also it can be bad if you're looking for the wrong things. But then it goes to the thing of who, you know, who is Google to control what to show, right? Like right. And and that's a big question because the the big problem that we have, in my opinion, is that the government doesn't know enough about the technology that's in the in play today to make a decision, uh, at least on a from a political spectrum. And you have the tech companies, which which you have to wonder, like Google is a gigantic company, but how do they make most of their money? They make it off of advertising and they give you ads that are relevant to you. And that's at the end of the day, that's how they make their money. That's that's a lot of their revenue. Um, and so they're not going to give that up and they want you to click on what you want to click on because that makes them money. Yeah, and that totally makes sense. I just, I feel like they don't, they still, in my opinion, don't do a good job of doing that. Like for instance, I have the Google News app not even really Google news, but just like that Google, the G app that gives me stories. And most of the time I'm just not that interested in them. It could just be because there's nothing going on in my world that I want to see. But then also right. with the ads, I don't really feel like the ads are targeting me 
Um, so I really kind of question, and it could just be me. Like my girlfriend was saying last night or the other night, like you're so niche and like into like I, it's very hard for me to find a movie I want to watch or a TV show. Like, I'm yeah. very picky. But I mean, what about you? Like when you're on YouTube, are you kind of like, oh wow, like they really like they really know me. Like they're like just advertising me correctly and showing me all the right videos and everything. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like you. Um, I, I I very I like very specific videos to watch and very specific articles to read. Um, but they but they definitely track my history and they definitely bombard me with the same videos from previous creators I've watched before. And that's just all that my feed is on the the right hand side. It's just more content from the same people I've already watched and more things that match the same SEO, you know, um, taglines that it sees that I like. So. Yeah. And it, it's like, it does do that with me and obviously like they're not psychic or whatever, but it's like, it, it'll be like, Oh, like you watched one or two or three of these, this channel's videos. So we're just going to spit that out at you. But then it's like, Oh, well, that's not like the right, you know, the right um i was only watching that for like you know one guest they had or whatever right um so yeah and so in terms of um i guess going back to the ai well actually first let's go with the do you think that these these big companies google apple um and microsoft you know being and all of them do you think that they kind of genuinely have the best the um the best like good motives facebook too with like mark zuckerberg like do you think when going into it they really are like you know we like facebook we really want people just to like um you know be able to communicate with each other or youtube we want people to be able to find what they want or even like we want the people to rise up kind of and be able to like i guess get what they want and talk to each other or do you think it's just all about the money or a little bit of both or i I think that at the end of the day, they're all billion dollar businesses and they're going to do what makes their consumers happiest because that's what makes them the most money. And that's what they're yeah. going to lobby for as well, that they can have free reign over their data as long as it's secure. Um, and as long, and that's the other, that's the other thing too. Uh, not securing and not spending the money on security is bad for business, right? So that's why in my mind, I don't have to worry about my data with Google or with Microsoft or with any of them as, uh, you know, as long as I've made sure on my end that I'm being secure with two-factor and everything. Uh, but I don't have to worry about those servers being hacked in my mind because their security is top priority to make sure that I keep using them. Uh, you know, if, if a company gets hacked, the number one thing that they see is a gigantic drop um, and of, of users and of, you know, revenue because people can't trust them anymore. I mean, data in today's day and age is more valuable than, you know, money in some cases data in terms of them getting the data from you or like your own personal data yeah if, 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 if you can't trust the company to be secure with your data would you do business with them no even to the point of me clicking on an insecure website to buy a t-shirt and you put in your credit card information i wouldn't yeah i mean it kind of does it kind of for me it kind of like when people always when people talk about all that kind of stuff like how they have all your information and all that I'm personally not too worried about it, mostly just for the fact that like I'm not doing anything for the most part, I'm not doing anything criminal. Right. I don't think they care about me. However, you're right. Like I, I obviously I don't really want to put my credit card number in, in, into a website if I think that like somebody's gonna steal it from that. So yeah, getting into the security of it all, like um are people 
is it, I mean, obviously it must just be extremely difficult to, to actually hack these companies. Are there people who are like actively kind of trying to hack? Is it a constant threat? Every second of every day, major companies and smaller companies are uh, attempted to be broken into. And so they just, they just have a whole team of people of cyber uh, security uh, team. That's just like basically trying to like prevent this. Yeah, but that yeah, and that's on the good side. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, foreign countries, people inside the country, every single day, they're uh, launching attacks against companies and people to exploit them and to, you know, extract data from them. And for the most part, it's not working against these big companies. It, it, companies it works, unfortunately, job. more than you think. Um, a, the big companies have learned their lesson enough by now of how valuable security is. Uh, but there are a lot of small companies every day in the United States that get hacked and they just don't know how to secure themselves. And, uh, you know, they'll have some old server that's sitting there that's still connected up to the Internet that they've left open. Um, and it's never been an issue in the past 10 years that it's been running. But then that one day someone gets in and then they just take control of everything. So it's definitely uh, happens a lot more than people realize. You just don't hear about it because they're usually not as big um you know to make national news yeah and then where do you live Uh, i live in dallas okay and then what company do you work for also if you don't mind me asking uh i i won't say which one specifically but i I work for a a a smaller uh sports entertainment company that focuses on uh, or a smaller networking company that focuses on uh installation and builds and uh sports entertainment okay cool yeah. So going back to the whole a back to the whole AI thing, like right now, I'm, there obviously is like a race going on, right? So ChatGPT got there first. Um, then next is Bing, but Bing isn't Bing using ChatGPT, or they're using kind of like a version of it or something. They are definitely using a version. So ChatGPT has kind of said, "Look, we're going to open source this to users, but companies can pay." to use our service on a much you know, higher frequency basis. And that's what a lot of companies and startups now have just spawned out of nowhere and said, look, we're gonna, we're gonna take ChatGBT um, and we're gonna purpose, we're gonna focus it into a specific market that's gonna help a specific set of customers. So instead of you having to go to ChatGBT and have to type in all this stuff to get a specific response of exactly what you're looking for, we're gonna do all that for you in a nice visual dashboard and we're gonna preload it with all these prepared things. Like for example, there's already a whole bunch of these things coming up for uh, like social media promotion stuff. And so how do you write a really good viral tweet, right? And so ChatGBT can give you an answer for that. Now, whether it actually works or not is anyone's guess, but it can give you an actual answer for that. Um, and a lot of these companies are betting because their ChatGPT does know how to SEO orient content that they can sell a whole bunch of this by using ChatGPT and then leveraging, you know, their own platform on top of it. So it's it's already coming up, um, and and the, the the faster that ChatGPT gets, the more of these little startup companies and the more big companies are going to utilize the power of it. Um, I just I just don't think people realize um, yet the full functionality of what we can do with it. Um, you know, it's, it's brand new and, you know, it's, it's anyone's ballgame to try to figure out what you can do and produce an effective result out of it. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've seen some of these YouTube videos where the people are like, make 10,000 a day or whatever using GPT. And so like, I tried doing one or two videos, like literally I, I actually did one or two videos on YouTube on my channel 
one of them was of Sam. I think it was actually like a Sam Altman, like the new Elon Musk. And yeah. it gave me a script, but it was like, it, yeah, it really, and like, I know that people are very good at like using the correct prompts and all that to get what they want. I'm, I'm not, but right. um, yeah, I didn't, it didn't, in my opinion, it didn't come out great for me. I put like very like limited um, time doing it. I just wanted to see like how it worked and I had pictures and stuff, but in terms of that, um, yeah. Like, do you think that that type of thing can work for YouTubers? Like, are, are we to a, like, would that work for me if I just started like asking it interesting questions and then kind of like regurgitating the answer onto YouTube or whatever? Like, do you think it's good enough for that? Yeah, I, I think I think it's good enough to give. Uh, so whether it knows what people actually want uh, for specific niches and markets, you know, that's a separate question entirely. But if you're trying to please the search engine, which is what a lot of us do as creators, uh, try to please, you know, uh, the the SEO behind Google, then yeah, it's extremely powerful because it knows exactly what to put in there to uh, optimize your target audience, at least from a search engine perspective. So like when you're asking, like if I was to go on there and ask for the, the correct SEO to use, how would I ask that question? Like you, you could do something as simply as put in the title that you have in mind for an episode or for a piece of content. And then you can ask it to make this SEO friendly. And it will put in keywords, format, everything to make it optimized for a search engine. And, and uh, you know, it, a real easy way to see if someone something's been SEO optimized is think of it as a news article. We all recognize a news article because we see it uh, for the most part. Uh, we'll see them say like some big breaking statement, right? It's some big thing that has all the right words in it and it just catches your attention. That's essentially what SEO does. It's formatted a little bit differently, but it's the exact same concept of this is gonna grab people's attention and make them click on it more than this. Okay. And, um, yeah, so in terms of, so there's, um, there, there's chat GPT, which three, which is what I've used. And then isn't chat GPT four technically out now, like you just have to pay for it or something. I, I think, yeah, I think it's on a paid model right now. I don't know if it's been completely released to the public. I keep seeing Twitter, uh, posts about it, but I have yet to access it. Um, I know that it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty freaking similar. Uh, you're just going to be able to ask it more in-depth questions. It sounds like a lot better if if it's going to be able to like create like a movie script and yeah and it's then, just it's going to be yeah. able to respond with a lot longer answers. Um, you know, you can write a mini novel with it. You know, I mean, it'll go in depth enough to give you character plots and everything else and provide it all in a nice, neat format. And when do you think that'll be available for everyone? And will it eventually be free, or is it going to be like a paid thing? I think eventually it will be free if OpenAI continues and if they can, you know, stay. Keep the, keep the lights on. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but uh, OpenAI is putting a gigantic bill to keep this thing alive. Uh, and so that's why they're, you know, farming it out basically to companies to help foot some of this bill. Uh, it's just, a, I mean, it's, it's millions upon millions of dollars to have ChatGPT run. So I'm sure four is even more in, uh, energy intensive and, you know, compute intensive. Yeah. So in terms of the competition between, OpenAI, ChatGPT, and once again, the, so you said with Bing, Bing uses kind of like a version of ChatGPT. It's not like directly Chat. 
Yeah, from my understanding, right. they do. I, I could be wrong on that. I haven't done too much look into Bing. I tried it like once or twice, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty terrible right now. Uh, I'll stick to OpenAI. But um, yeah, I, I don't know too much about the Bing side of it. And so you're literally just going on to the OpenAI website, which is a very kind of like minimal, kind of like almost old school website, yeah. right? Like a lot of those I've noticed are like that with um, OpenAI. And then a lot of these like... Um, Mid Journey, have you heard of those ones? Like the art I, stuff? Yeah, so Mid Journey is an interesting one because it's out of a Discord server. Um, I, you know, when yeah. I was reading through that, I had to double take that because I was like, wait a minute, we're, we're connecting to a Discord server to generate AI images. Uh, but I have tried that one too. Uh, that one is interesting. It's hard it, for profile pictures to get the result you want. Like if you're going to feed it an image and expect it to do something crazy with it. Um, my profile picture on our podcast website uh, was actually generated by Midjourney, so that was really cool. Um, but it took a lot of tries. So uh, yeah, that's not that's that's not a bad idea to use to use like a, a Midjourney or OpenAI. I, I used OpenAI for a bit, getting pictures, and I I was also trying to go down that route a little bit. I kind of got interested in you know you know how people are using AI pictures and then posting it to Instagram, and getting a lot of followers. Um, yeah. I posted, I think, or I posted like one or two and I just wasn't really into the idea of it. You know, I was like, you know, if I'm going to, I'm kind of doing the Instagram thing for myself. I don't really want to like rip off, you know, an AI thing, even though it does, it does produce really cool pictures. Right. But um, yeah, I thought I found that mid journey thing to be really interesting. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like how you had to use discord. And then it was like, if it was on the, if it was on the free version, it was like, everybody was just constantly posting and you had to like, you had to like ask for a result, but then it was like, you had to like go back and like find it. I don't know if you encountered yeah. that at all. You know what I'm talking no, about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, the, the, the neural networks are there. Right. But the way that people are implementing them is just interesting. It's, it, it you know, they're, they're trying to target specific audiences of like mid journeys on discord. So obviously everyone who uses discord, you know, and it, it, it's, it's a great way to get into discord. Um, and, you know, open AI being a minimalistic website, like you, you still have to do, um, you know, a little bit of thinking on your own for right now, eventually. No, I think that, you know, um, it's going to tell you what to do for your job, but that's a long ways away. Yeah, the vibe that I get from the OpenAI website, like I said, and, and uh, these other ones too, is almost it's a minimal, um, but it's like a it's like an oddly futuristic mixed with like a retro. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's not what you would expect of some like really crazy uh, AI company to have as a website. It's very yeah. sim simple, I guess, but it's yeah. almost like what you would see in a movie you know, like 2001, a space odyssey or whatever of like a future, how like a future website would look or something. Yeah. Like. It, the, the best way I can describe <laughs> it is it's the manhole cover on top of the nuclear silo. Like, yeah, it's just completely in the middle of nowhere and it's a little tiny manhole and you wouldn't have, you wouldn't suspect anything of it other than a little text editor, but what's beneath it and what's running is just so powerful um, oh, and it's yeah, such yeah, an yeah. achievement, you know, it's, it's, it's huge what you just don't see. Yeah. And then I think that I also kind of like their whole, like I said before, I kind of like, like their whole vibe that they're going for with, with the whole open, open AI thing where like any, I guess like anybody can go in there and it's like a, um, what's the word uh, like decentral decentralized or whatever. So yeah. it's like, like nobody's really kind of like in charge in a way, right? Everybody just right. can go in there and add to it. 
they they still have rules um you know so uh one of the first things i did because i've been on since the beta and uh you know one of the fun things was to do is try to ask it really um naughty questions and really bad questions and see if it would catch it and then also try to override the ai's filters with certain commands and try to get you know less than uh politically correct answers back um and so you know as part of the beta uh you know we were trying to crack in there uh you know all the other developers that were a part of it um and uh, it was it was interesting but they did a really good job they did a really good job of locking it down it is i would say for the most part family friendly now um and they will continue to monitor that i'm sure uh you know to make sure that they're not giving out any i mean they they're making sure that things stay appropriate which needs to happen you know for something as powerful as that in my opinion yeah so you weren't able you weren't able to get anything like weird no they patched it pretty much as soon as the 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 notification came out that you could do it they patched it so pretty much overnight okay and by patched it you mean um they just fixed they, it basically you basically removed the ability to do it yeah 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 okay so in terms of yeah in terms of the 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 companies well yeah like first of all like in terms of the whole open ai decentralized thing like literally like anybody can go in there and add to it or take like can you just go on open ai i don't even know i don't even know what they're doing in there but like is anybody like you're able just to go on there and kind of like add to whatever they're working on or like uh, so so in in a way so anyone who interfaces with open ai is adding to the neural network right so you know you can feed it specific data and you can tell it but it's going to become one subset of data in a very large set right so if it doesn't know something and you it truly can't find an answer for it and you provide that answer then yeah you're going to be making a pretty good big contribution but if you told it you know a thousand times that the sun is blue right then it's going to take that into consideration uh but it's not going to necessarily say that you know this is fact if that makes sense yeah and then in terms of like money like if you're if you're going on there and working on it and stuff like would you get paid out a certain amount or are you just kind of like doing it freelance or like for free or oh yeah no it's totally just out of curiosity that's that's uh, you know unless you're on the open ai staff you're basically doing it out of for free yeah so yeah i've taken like a long way to get back to this question but um yeah so in terms of the the companies who are competing for the ai mainly is it mainly the chatbot or is it just kind of like ai in general now like so so this, so so open ai you know uh and chat gbt have really opened up a new layer of communication between a computer and a human um you know it it what it does and what we what we perceive it doing is bypassing google right we can go and we can get information more clearly laid out in chat gbt than we can with google because google has been a median for knowledge for what, since, you know, since their real inception in the early 2000s, right? Um, and when they really took off. And so this now has provided a new way of us for us to get information quickly and not just information anymore, but provides results, right? It doesn't just give us an answer. It gives us a way to, it, it almost gives us it gives us not just the the picture of the house it gives us the actual house if that makes sense 
if I, cause for, you know, you can Google, how do I, you know, give me a good topic for this, this, and this, and you're going to get some blog post that's going to say, well, first you need to do this. And then you need to do this. But if I go to chat GPT and I say, give me a summary of this, there's your summary. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, it gives you more than a, a point to something that may have a result, which is what Google does. It gives you the actual result, at least what you perceive to be the correct result, because it doesn't give you any other context for the most part. And the, and then is that is kind of like the thing that it only seems to do, which is like kind of right. somewhat of the unimpressive part. Like I brought it up to like my girlfriend's uncle, who's like an older guy and doesn't know much about tech at all or anything. He's he was like a finance guy, but um, and he was like, yeah, basically doesn't doesn't it just give you the information that's on the web already, just in like a summarized better format and say yeah that is essentially what it's doing so like i don't even know if i would necessarily look at it as quote unquote like ai right it's like i don't really feel still feel like we're to the point where it's true ai being like its own entity it's yeah, not like so me talking to you it's like you know yeah I mean? it's, it's <laughs> like definitely it's, not an entity by any means it's it's um it's just a really large neural network um of a bunch of data that is being uh you know modified and uh you know re-optimized at a very fast rate to make it sound human-like and to give you a human-like response essentially instead of giving you a website link that which so is it's it's, it's it's almost like kind of like in it's almost like kind of like faking ai in a sense right it's like it's like wanting you to think that it's real or sentient but it's really not right i mean so so re remember that that you know it's it's definitely not sentient um you know and and so sentient would be i would say the final stage of where artificial intelligence is heading um ai is uh, you know in, in its definition it is it is simply a way for a computer to be human like Right. It doesn't have to necessarily have feelings. It doesn't necessarily have to, um, you know, be able to interact. Right. Because there's a lot of AI programs that don't you, you don't necessarily interact with uh, in the way that you would imagine. Like, for example, self-driving cars. Right. They use AI every day, but you don't interact with them in the way that you do ChatGPT. But what AI does is it makes human like decisions. That's really what I consider defining AI. So, you know, it will give you human-like responses based off of previous decisions made by humans of what it interprets as humans. Yeah, like the only problem that I have with it, and I think that I kind of understand the reasoning for this would be like the bias or whatever. But it's like if you yeah. if you ask it a question such as like, what do you what do you believe? It's it's obviously not gonna believe in terms of religion or whatever. It's right. not really gonna believe anything, it's just gonna say, well, you know. It's going to give you the most honestly factual. It's really just factual, right. but it doesn't have its own opinions, basically. There, there's no emotion. Yeah. And, and that's, that's yeah. you know, the, 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 the sentient part of that we're missing from AI, right, is the emotion and the, you know, the, 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 yeah, basically just the emotion and the ability to think for yourself rather than being, you know, controlled by algorithms in the background, if that makes sense. Yeah. And do you think that we'll ever get to the point of um, the true sentience thing where it will be? I, I think so. I, I think that at some point we will, and it'll be uh, an equally terrifying and exciting day when we do, um, you know, could go full Terminator, 
could be the best day for humanity since the dawn of, you know, mankind. Yeah. And I want to get back to that, but I still want to ask the question of between the competitors being OpenAI, Google, who are, who are the other com- big competitors? But I know there's a lot of them trying to do this right now, right? Google, Google is the next step up. Um, and I think that Google, if anyone has the best shot to provide a good, uh, you know, good run against OpenAI, um, I, I, I'm sure there are more, but they're definitely not as publicly known as, you know, Google and Bing. And Bing really, from my understanding, again, is, is it's really just a port off of ChatGPT. So Google Bard will be interesting. I am on the beta signup, I believe, for that one as well, because uh, the big thing they were pitching is that, and that one is like the auto writing of emails, right? It'll automatically write a response to an email. It'll automatically answer things. It can generate spreadsheet data, things like that, especially, especially in Google Suite, right? So we will see how much further than that it'll go rather than just providing, you know, tool-based benefits and see if it'll provide more knowledge-based benefits to like OpenAI does. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the email thing, I could see that getting kind of like messy if, if it's if it's auto-generating responses. Because it's like, what if it shoots off a, an auto-generation that's just you don't you don't want it to? And right. I feel like that's kind of like the problem with a lot of things with um, computers and phones and technology is well, you're kind of like yeah. like you kind of want to get to the point where it's like advancing constantly, like with the iPhone. But it, I feel like it kind of got to a point where it's like, if if it goes to the next level, it's just going to start doing things like almost like on its own, which may be not what I want, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Um, and it's like I feel like they've they obviously know that that like Apple's like probably the best company at like knowing what their customer wants and like giving them exactly what they want or whatever. Right. But. To me, it's kind of like the iPhone now feels a little bit like kind of like it hasn't improved a whole lot in the past, I don't know, like five yeah, years or so. You know what I mean? Like it kind of yeah. seems like it's just a very similar version of the last one. Right. And yeah, so do you think that, uh, that Apple will get in? Because I mean, they have Siri, which technically kind of is an, it's kind of an AI bot. It's not really, but it's like, I haven't followed up with Apple recently, but I'm sure they're working on it. I mean, all, all of the big companies, the FANG companies are working on their own neural networks. Um, and a lot of it still centralizes, you know, uh, the, the, the ability to talk between them. That's something that OpenAI has really brought to the forefront of the conversation. But big companies have been using neural networks now for the past, you know, decade um, and, and they've been collecting data off of customers, off of devices, off of interactions, um, and feeding all of that into neural networks. I mean, Google's a great example of, and, and same thing with Apple, of where you can ask, you know, where's the best Mexican restaurants, right? Or where's the best Italian restaurants? And it will give you, you know, exactly what you're looking for, right? If you eat in nothing but Taco Bell and you go ask for Mexican restaurants, it's going to make sure to show every Taco Bell, right? Is it really going to, is it, yeah. is it at that point? Cause I, yeah. I honestly haven't noticed it to the you don't. point. That, that's the you thing. Don't you just it. don't notice. You don't notice. It just works. It just like you ask it something and it just knows, but you don't even realize that it just knows. You just say, that's exactly what I wanted. Thank you very much. And I'm on my way. Yeah. Like I said, unless you're in a situation where you're like, I don't want that to, you know what I mean? Like you're like, right. 
Right. And so I, I normally so do want Taco question, Bell, but now you're giving me the wrong answer. You don't even Right. <laughs> so the, the question is, is how much of a profile built on me is too much of a profile built on me in that conversation? Yeah. You know, well, like, yeah. at what point is my social tied and my credit score tied to my Google profile? You know, I mean, how far away are we from that? Because, it, you know, if you asked 20 years ago that this thing that you had in your pocket that you could access the entire world's communication network on, it would also be tracking your movement, every step that you take, your heart rate, all of that gets fed into a profile that then provides advertising specifically to you. What would you say 20 years ago? Absolutely not. That sounds like a terrible idea. How many people can abuse that? And now it's just like, yeah. No, we're good. We're good with it. Yeah. And do you think do you think it could potentially get to the point where it really does know like in some sort of kind of like um I don't even know if this would really be possible, but it's like in some sort of like almost psychic way it based on everything you've done in the past whatever 5 years that has information on you like just knows what you're going to do next obviously not unless it's like literally because it couldn't unless it's like literally listening to you um because it's like what if you change jobs or or change hours or change you know you know what i mean it, was, it might think like okay it's going to this job and that's like one thing with my with my phone i don't even know if this is like a an ai mistake or whatever or, or i don't know what i would call it but like my battery level on my iPhone recently will like go up to a hundred, but then it'll like stop and actually like go drop down. And I'm like, mm -hmm. is this, is this like for some reason doing this because it thinks that I'm going to wake up at this time or I don't know what it is. But the point is with that, is that like, um, even if it thinks that it, yeah, it just goes back to the, even if it thinks it knows what you're doing, when you're doing it, like how you're even going to respond to a given situation. Like, right. does he want Taco Bell or Del Taco today? It really will never know. But that is the question is, do you think that we will get to a point? Um, I think, like, I don't know if you saw that, saw that show devs by any chance. It was like um, a TV show, like Alex Garland directed it. He did like Ex Machina. And did you ever see it or anything? Or No, I've, I've never seen it. So basically the concept is like Alex or, I guess it was actually Nick Offerman was like the owner of this giant like Google type company. And they built this super secretive. Um, what was it? I guess it would be like an, a superhuman AI type thing, but it was somehow able right. to predict everything. So it was able to predict way into the future, I guess, but then all, yeah, way into the future, but then also in the back and they get to the, to the, you know, to the um, behind us to um, yeah. the past and you could like literally see what was going on. So we were, be, we were essentially able to answer all of life's questions. Do you think we'll ever get to that point to where like AI is able to kind of like figure everything out and prove everything well, or whatever? So, so I think that they have a slightly different approach to the shortfall of that. Um, I don't think that it'll be able to answer absolutely everything about someone just upon looking at them yet. Uh, at least in not in the near future. But what I do think that these, you know, Google, Apple, except Amazon, definitely Amazon, um, what they do is back to the Taco Bell conversation. If you see a Taco Bell ad, just scrolling and looking at something, how much more likely are you to get Taco Bell over Del Taco? I mean, think about it. You just subconsciously see Taco Bell and it's right at lunchtime. 
you're going to be much more inclined to go eat at Taco Bell. So then you say, I want Mexican food. I don't, I, I, I feel like I want something. You just glanced and saw the Taco Bell bell and you're just like, you know what? Tacos sound good. What's for Mexican food? The page is tracking saying that you saw this Taco Bell ad. You didn't click on it, but it showed up in your page when, and your profile is attached to, you know, Google, whatever. Now it knows, let's send them Taco Bell. I mean, you think about yeah. the connection, the interconnection between the website, your phone, the cloud, the sponsors, the advertisements, all of it is connected. Yeah. And it all but feeds how, to provide, you know. How would it know that you saw the Taco Bell? Like, would you physically see the Taco Bell or would it be like you saw a Taco Bell ad? So now it knows that you want. You saw a, you saw a Taco Bell ad or you drove by a Taco Bell. But how would it know that? You, I guess oh, it knew that you drove by Taco Bell just based, based on um, GPS location yep. or whatever. Yeah, which is also interesting because it doesn't really know what you're looking, and that's that that kind of comes into like the whole the glasses, right? The um right. the AI glasses. How how soon do you think um how soon do you think we'll we'll get into the AI? Everyone will be wearing like AI glasses. You know, I I'm a huge proponent of them. Honestly, I'm I'm over smartphones. I like talking to people rather than texting and looking at screens um you know i'd much rather it come up in front of me and be able to you know give me more interaction in a more hands-free way um i i think we're at least a good five years out from a real company to come out with a real prototype that can be mass marketable i i think apple has a solid shot if they go down that path but i don't know if that's something that they're interested in um you know a google obviously made their attempt but it was way too early for people to buy into it uh, because the technology just wasn't there at the time. Uh, Microsoft tried with the HoloLens to get people into it, um, but that has since been repurposed to a business only product, uh, you know, and it's definitely not a entry level fee to get in there. Um, but they, you know, I haven't tried one out, but supposedly you can, you know, design buildings with wearing the HoloLens and you can, you know, build skyscrapers and see the 3d renderings and pin part and edit and everything else it sounds really really cool but you know it's very business specific right rather than something for the general public i mean i there's definitely ideas out there but it, we have to make it cheap enough last long enough for the battery you know to be usable every day yeah um well i know i've, I've at least heard that apple is coming out with supposedly with the ai like they they're working on it but i i kind of feel like it is one of those things kind of like what you're saying similar to like the metaverse where it's like i think every company is a little like um skeptical on doing it because they they don't know if people want it because it's like a ton of people probably like a lot of people do want it but then a ton of people probably don't want it and a lot of people yeah. probably don't want you walking around with like cameras on your lenses and like me personally like i'm a photographer videographer I mean, I've been looking for like, I, I, they haven't come out with it besides the Facebook. Um, Facebook came out with uh, Ray-Ban stories yep. that like you can film, but like doesn't really look that great of quality. So like the idea of me being able to like film something and having it in my glasses, but good, good quality, I'm like really into because, right. but then there's, there's the fact that people don't, might not want to be on camera and they don't know they're on your spying or whatever. But so I think that's a big thing with them. What do you think about um, 
like Facebook's metaverse. I've recently heard that like they're they're shutting it down basically. Like, do you think that's just completely um um I just think not it's working too out? So so I think it's too early and I think Facebook's taking the wrong approach with it, honestly. The best place for the metaverse is in the gaming community. Um, you know, what what the metaverse is what I imagine. If if you've ever seen the the movie, um, oh god, it was the Steven Spielberg movie about the gamers, um, Ready Player One, right? Yeah, and so I haven't seen it, but yeah. Okay. So so basically when you play or when you watch Ready Player One, there's so many uh, you know, the whole premise of the movie is like, you know, it's gaming and there's Easter egg, there's an Easter eggs that you have to find, but there's East, there's quote unquote Easter eggs laid all throughout the movie and there's all kinds of different gaming characters that like halo you know uh naruto i think is in there they've got um you know all kinds of different gaming characters they have to buy licensing for but that's the idea of the metaverse is that you can go from different games and you can go from different communities built by different developers like i can go play minecraft and i can walk into a minecraft world and then i can leave and i can go walk into a grand theft auto world you know in a very basic sense that's the metaverse right and that's that's what but more from what facebook was trying to do and what i guess they're probably still trying to do is make it more you know on the general user side and you first have to get i would say a smaller community on board and and provide applications and and uh you know developers that are willing to build on top of this and provide marketable content to a smaller group before you just say everyone we're all jumping in Uh, I think I lost your microphone. Oh, sorry. I think I, I um, oh, yeah, I, there we it go. was my, it was my fault. I had it on mute. Um, yeah, it just seems like a very complicated, it's, it's always seemed like a very complicated thing to do. And I think for like people who are older, um, like not even like that old, but like, they're like, you know, I don't really want to like live in this virtual world. Like, I want to live in the real world. But then I think the kids coming up are more probably going to want to live online. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I grew up in the early two thousands. Uh, you know, I lived online, you know, a lot of my friends lived online. Um, it's just a different way of looking at it and it's more, it would be more interactive. Um, and you know, it would take up more time. And I think that's a big question as well is how much time will people dedicate to something new and something they don't know. Right. It has yeah. to have, you know, value enough to draw people in, make people buy the equipment, right? To be able to enter the metaverse, right? Because you can't, with a smartphone, you know, are you going to get the full experience of entering the metaverse rather than a full VR kit and everything else in this day and age to enter in? Like, you know, so I think there's there's a, there's a long way to go. And I think that Facebook kind of repeated what Google did and they were a little bit too early to jump the gun with it, but we'll see. I mean, you know, the, the uh, advertisements are exciting to see from Facebook nonetheless yeah in general what do you think about facebook now mark zuckerberg and everything like do you think they're kind of they're kind of a dying breed at this point i mean i don't think i don't think they are but like i i think that you know even if the younger community doesn't embrace them in the traditional social media sense the tools that facebook offers you from a local community perspective outweigh pretty much every other app right from the facebook marketplace to the facebook groups to you know if I go on Twitter, finding, you know, specific people that I want to interface with that are local to me is a lot harder than just going on Facebook and finding a Facebook group, right? So if we're 
talking about localized community involvement, I think that Facebook still is king, without a doubt. The only other one is that Nextdoor app, I think. Um, but it just doesn't have the pull that Facebook has, in my opinion. And also, you still have a whole generation that is tied to Facebook and only Facebook. So until that generation dies out, you've got Facebook around unless they just seriously mess something up. Yeah, so even though people are kind of, people seem to be kind of like shitting on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, like you still think they're, they're still like a dominant force, even though like, oh, yeah, I think it's yeah, mainly just the yeah. younger generation just doesn't like it anymore, but it's like, they still have, like you said, the older generation who's still using it all the time, bro. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's still a ton of millennials that use Facebook, right. And all of the millennials fam, family and friends use Facebook to catch up with each other. And every, you know, all of the millennials parents are on Facebook, right. Cause that's what they had to get on, you know, to make sure that the kids were safe and they still have it, you know? And so like, it's just, it's, it's going to, it's going to be around for a very long time. And so Facebook has a lot of time to figure out what they want to do with meta. Um, or I should say meta has a lot of time to figure out what they want to do with meta and keep Facebook and Instagram alive. Yeah. It sounds like they probably just maybe lost a lot of money with metaverse, but they're, it's like they lost a few billion, but it's not really that big of a deal to them. Right. It's like, they have, yeah, they're going to be okay. They're, they're going to be yeah. just fine. So Mark Zuckerberg will still be living on, you know, in Hawaii or whatever. I heard he yeah. has like a whole like part of an island to himself or something. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure the dude is the the I mean, can you imagine being a college student and then just walking into that kind of money, you know, in a couple of years? You know, I mean yeah. like I like like what it must I mean, I, I can understand being born in to that kind of money and growing up with that kind of money and being able to, you know handle it but i couldn't imagine just inheriting that or you know building that level of wealth essentially overnight in the you know span of a normal lifetime yeah and what's crazy about him what's weird about him too is that like in the movie which i thought was like accurate or they were trying to be accurate like he seemed like he didn't really care so much about like the business end or the money end but he seemed to some like young dude who was just like uh you know whatever but yeah. But then now he seems to be like really driven by success and like money. Like, right. I mean, I, that's just the vibe I get from him now is that he actually cares. Yeah. And um, yeah. So in terms of social media, well, first of all, I wanted to ask you before when, when we were talking about the chat bot chat really quick, the chat, G, the uh, chat bots with Google, um, I heard, so I've seen stuff too about how Google is not doing as good and it, like show a picture of like, the CEO Sundar Pichai or whatever, and it it'll be yeah. like he's just like not doing good or something. Like, do you know anything about that? Like, is Google kind of like not doing as good because of Chat GPT or? No, I I think I think it's just it's just such a um, it's just such a new way to implement AI on such a large scale that you're just going to run into with you know the in the other thing is is that the public is the QA team for a lot of these things, right? Um, which is your quality analysis team. And, you know, when, usually when you design software, the public gets the, what you see is the best thing that, you know, you can release as a software development company or software development team. With, with things like this, they just open it up pretty much at the beginning. They put some safeguards in there, but basically they're just like, hey guys, as in everyone, go test this out. So, you know, it's, and, and we're all going to learn together because this neural network needs to be trained as bad as we need feedback, right? Because it's a learning network. So they want people to get in there and they want people to input things so that way it can start learning, right? It's, it's, it's like a child, 
It's like a, it's like a baby and you have to give it information for it to learn how to respond. Yeah. And in a way, I think that they were, they were smart to do that. Like I kind of give um, Microsoft, because I know, well, I think that like, even though like people also have this idea that Microsoft hasn't been doing as good recently, I've been told that they actually are doing well. It's just, they're not doing well in like the, the popular spaces, maybe, maybe better with business or whatever. But um, yeah. I do give them credit. I know, and I said this before on this podcast. I even give Mark Zuckerberg credit for going forward with Metaverse because even if you don't agree with it, I think that it was a smart move with being to go ahead and put that out there because it was an aggressive move and it may have not worked out for them, but they were the first to do it. And I, I think overall right. it's going to pay off for them. You know what I mean? And it's like, I. Yeah kind of surprised other companies either they probably did see it coming maybe but it's like the fact it just seems like they're kind of like getting left behind by not doing it you know yeah yeah no absolutely um you know it it it, i think it just depends on when the public is interested enough in it right then companies will start trying to fill that demand and then facebook will step back up and say hey guys we've got the platform that you can host it on i think that's the angle that they're going with yeah and then um so yeah back to like the social the social media so in terms of social media like where do you see that going it seems like the the obvious new thing is like tiktok and to be honest with you i don't really i don't really i don't even really really like tiktok that much like because i do a lot of um photography videography and i feel like instagram even though instagram like stole the idea of reels off of from tiktok I feel right. like they're doing it better. It just seems like, it, I don't know if you've used both of them or not, but it's like a cleaner I, interface. I have not used TikTok. So, um, you know, I, I I stay away from TikTok uh, just because A, I have enough social media and B, I, you know, the whole involvement with China and everything else, I'd just rather not get involved with it. Um, but the uh, the way that, you know, I think that social media is going to hit a crossroads here at some point. Um, you know, there, there's been studies out about the mental health of people and being on social media. Uh, you know, that's come up. And then also we have the political polarization going on in this country that can largely be pointed back to social media and Google and, and the internet in general, right? And getting specific information off of what you want rather than the truth. So I think that, you know, uh, I think that social media companies and as well as Google and search engine companies, I think they're going to have to, you know, at, there, there will become a crossroads point. And I think that there will become more responsibility on what you put online, but I don't know when that day will be. Um, and I, I don't know if I'll even see it. I mean, it could be that far out and we could be that far down the road. So you think there's a possibility of, instead of there being like a next evolution of it, it's going to be more of just like a decline or like a, kind of like get rid of it all type thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't, the problem is, is that it's so ingrained in our society now that I don't think you'll ever get rid of it. Uh, and if yeah. you tried, I, I wouldn't even want to imagine the consequences of trying to get rid of it. But I think that, you know, um, the responsibility behind it, I mean, because like, you know, I, I will say that, you know, Elon's position on verification with Twitter is a good first step. Now, I don't agree with paying for it, but I think that, you know, verified accounts should be free and they should be able to show up at the top because it is so easy 
to tap into Twitter's API and just start spamming anything that you want. And you can create accounts and you can just spam out information. And I mean, it's really, if you, if you are a software developer, it's not that hard to see how to, you know, manipulate a campaign or manipulate popularity or spread rumors that aren't true. I mean, you can create 10,000 accounts automated in a day and then just send out millions of tweets. Yeah. Well, in terms of the verification thing, like he didn't really come up with the idea, right? Like, I mean, there was people verified. No, there's, before. it's been there before, but, but I, I haven't seen it implemented, uh, you know, in a social status way like this before. I haven't seen it implemented to where you're verified. So you're going to become on top, right? Different than a, you know, you're a celebrity, right? This is just, I am a human. So I come first. Okay. Because I was going to say, it's kind of weird because it's like, anybody can just pay for it. So I can just pay for it. And right. Top. But however, you're saying that like they're verifying those people. As they're humans. verifying that those are people. Right. Okay. And, and that's, when you that's the first for social media. Okay. So, and I didn't even really realize that they were coming up on top, but the verified people are, they're putting them higher than the people who aren't. That's, verified. that's the promise. I have yet to see, you know, I guess an official thing in action just because it's so all up in the air right now. Um, but I, you know, if it comes down to where the bots are pushed to the bottom, regardless of how many followers they have, they're pushed to the bottom and the actual people can have a discussion up top without being, you know, spammed by bots, especially people have a lot of followers, things like that. If there's a campaign against them or something like that or for them, then you're going to get a whole bunch of information that's just not generated by people. And I think that's the whole goal behind it is that can we get social media back to a place to where people can just talk to people? especially on a platform like Twitter. It's not as much, I don't think, with Facebook, but, you know, still can definitely be a concern. Facebook has a whole different concern of uh, accounts being hacked, right? And then uh, people getting tricked. That's that's a whole different subject. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, like, really been act, like that active on Facebook in so long that I don't really even know, you know, like, it just seems like almost like, I don't want to, say irrelevant but i because i know it's not irrelevant i know a lot of people are getting information off of there but like for me it's just like i barely use it but i've yeah. been using twitter like more like re i've never really fully gotten into twitter um my main thing is probably instagram but um but the thing is with twitter and like really any like site where like posting is like the main thing or whatever is like i have a group of friends and we're all in like a text thread together and i think there's like the nature of human beings especially like men and especially like you know i don't know like aggressive men or whatever is yeah. to like go on there and just argue and like talk shit and like yeah it's like everybody everybody says like they have like i've heard famous people be like I have friends on there who are like totally fine off of Twitter, but on Twitter, they're just like yelling and screaming and they're like turned yeah. to like sociopaths. And it's like, for whatever reason, that's just the nature of the beast of social media is. And You're hidden behind talking. a screen, right? So no one, you can scream at someone all day long, but no one's going to turn around and punch you in the face. Yeah. Right. There's no, there, yeah. there is yet to be, and, and of course there are exceptions to this. In some cases there have been consequences, but for the most part, there's no consequence to berating someone, right? Physically, emotionally, you know, legally, there's really no consequence to you just going on and being an asshole to whoever you want to be. And it can tear that person down, but there's no consequence, right? You don't get to see 
the impact. You don't get to see the human reaction that you're inflict. You know, you don't get to see the human um, the human emotion that you're inflicting on someone, right? You don't get to yeah. see the response. You just see the text that comes back. Yeah, and, and obviously, you, to imagine, me it's you like... imagine what that what they're doing, right? And usually, when you get into an argument on Twitter, you imagine that they're smirking and that they're sending back some clever response and that they don't care. Right. And that's what you just assume that they're just, they're just conniving against you. But in all reality, they could be just as upset as you. And they're just thinking you're doing the same thing. And that's the problem. It's, it's you're removing the, the human layer from communication and just responding text via text. Yeah, for sure. And how, like, so in general, how, like, uh, are you uh, like an Elon Musk guy? Like how, do you think he's doing a good job, um, not only with Twitter, but like with everything? Do you agree with everything he's saying on there? Like, <laughs> I, you know, it's 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 a it's a pick and choose uh, situation. Yeah. Of, you know what I agree with and what I don't agree with. Uh, you know, um, I I personally have always been a firm believer that you know uh, when you're the richest person in the world that you just focus on doing good and not get involved in petty fights. But you know. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I think that the progress he's making with Star, uh, with uh, SpaceX, is really promising. Uh, you know, I think that no one else is going to do it, and if he's got the money to do it, then he should do it. Um, Starlink is also something that kind of has fallen out of the news cycle, but that's also, um, you know, the astronomers hate it, but I think for the general public and for the rural areas, it's a huge leg up. To provide information uh, that traditionally has only come from like cable news, and if you can get internet to places that don't have internet, that's a really really big step up. Um, the Neuralink stuff, I want to see more information on. I think that you know, I hope that the stories of testing on the monkeys and pigs and tormenting them and torturing them isn't true, because um, I definitely don't think that you could come up with something that complex that quickly and assume that it's going to work, but. Um, and then the tunnel thing is just crazy to me. I don't understand the logistically, the tunnel thing just makes absolutely no sense. So, yeah, it seems like, it seems like he, um, I don't know, like really hasn't done any, much with the tunnel thing, right? Like he wanted to build a tunnel under LA for traffic, which if it works, yeah. then great, but, 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 but I don't it's know like, he's he like really finished it or anything, right? Yeah. Like you still have to get cars down there. And then there's the whole showcase thing of where the Teslas like go through in Vegas. And it's like, that's great, but you're still only fitting like how many cars through there. I mean, the 405 is backed up like what, 20 hours of the day. So like, you're going to have to do a lot of tunneling to be able to try to alleviate any of that. And you're still assuming that you can get people out where they want to get out. You know, it's kind of yeah. like an express lane. Like, no one's going to get on the express lane if there's only one exit and it's always backed up. Yeah. The only problem that I have with him is I, I liked him a lot in the beginning and in his interviews. He seemed kind of like almost like a timid, nice guy. But then some of the, like, obviously I'm fine with some trolling, but some of the trolling he does or whatever he's doing on there seems like a bit a bit much, and especially if he's like, kind of like affecting other people's lives, you know? And then same thing with, yeah. like, I don't know if you fo- I don't know if you follow like Jordan Peterson and like those types of, or if, yeah. you, if you know them. Like, I, I, I definitely know of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you're like, I don't even almost know how you can like back someone like that up. Cause it's like, he's just going on there and like spewing like hateful things to people. And it's just like, dude, you're like, you know, it's like, you're an old man. Like, why, why are you, why are you being so mean to like, you know, women that, 
you find unattractive or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just you don't know, admit um, it. Yeah, it's 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 definitely you know people like that, and they would even go so far as to say Andrew Tate. You know, like it's oh, it's yeah, definitely yeah. a it's it's a fight against the progressive side of like you know I would say the Me Too movement has been you know now they're fighting against it, and so you're just seeing you're just seeing people come out and become famous because a lot of people apparently agree with you know the side that's fighting against the you know the main trend. So. I think that eventually they'll die out and you'll have shit. But your point about Elon is interesting. And I, I do agree that, you know, being a person in Elon's position and going on and trolling someone, it, I mean, I can't even imagine how many, um, you know, people sending out threats and everything else for making Elon mad and, you know, them assuming that Elon is upset with them. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of followers that he has and to assume that all of them are sane and all of them are, you know, not going to do anything that they would possibly regret in the following morning is just crazy. So I think that there's a lot of social responsibility uh, for someone in that position of power on their own platform now. Yeah. And it, yeah, I it just, it's just, you know, it just seems like one of those things where it's like, why being a billionaire, why would you want to go and spend your time on there doing that and then getting all these people mad at you and then, but simultaneously getting a lot of like Republicans or whatever to respect you. Um, but yeah, to me, it's just the whole thing is just kind of like, even though I may not like totally agree with like the whole woke me too thing, like, even though like I actually kind of do agree with like most of their sentiments it's kind of like i mean it seems like they're just trying to like do good like they're just even though they might be going about it the wrong way like maybe you shouldn't be like somebody who's like a know-it-all and like telling people i don't know like not to say certain things it's just like it seems like their ultimate goal is to like especially like with the me too movement it's just kind of like they're trying to get like you know more women to come out about being raped and stuff or like or like sexual misconduct or um just outing men who are just like bad you know but right um yeah and, and then i guess recently i just heard about this i know nothing about it but like one of like elon Musk's rockets blew up or something right yeah so yeah. like do you know much about that yeah so so um my we, we actually talked about this on our podcast briefly but it was um it from my understanding of it they sent it a lot further than what they expected it to go so it did have a run, which is a rapid, unscheduled disassembly, is a kind way of saying it fucking exploded. But um, it's it, it the data that they calculated and th that they gathered from that launch was extremely important, and it hit a lot more milestones than it was supposed to, apparently. Now, with that being said, if you looked at pictures of the destruction around the launch pad afterwards, that from what I've heard was a decision by Elon to not build proper ventilation for the rockets. So, you know, then out and it basically all of that rocket force just put a crater through the concrete in the ground and damaged everything around it. And it actually is the reason that some of those engines failed upon launch because the debris bounced back up and knocked the engines out. So I thought that was pretty interesting that he just completely ignored the engineers. And um, I have some small feeling that this had to do with it being 420 and it just had to launch on 420 knowing that it's elon but that's just uh that's just my guess but when you have that much money then you can make things like a giant rocket launch specifically on 420 because you like weed so 
yeah like launching a giant rocket on 420 just like just for the memes you know it's just only, for the only, memes yeah only only so many people are able to do that you know and yeah. it's like i mean it's one of those things where he's just he's just too big to fail i think i, I don't think he ever will well obviously not too big to fail but too too big to um you know go broke i guess like he's he's not he's he's always going to be doing good no matter what he does i think and yeah i i, I think that the interesting thing that's come out this week is the drop in tesla share prices um and i haven't read up too much why they they dropped so much i think it was something with them reducing the price of the cars um th that's really the only way i can see that he goes broke is if tesla somehow goes bankrupt which i don't think they will i think they could even have a terrible year and they could drop 25 30 percent of their value but at the end of the year they'll bounce back up for the next couple of years so you know most of his money is tied up all into the tesla stock and so he can access that cash you know pretty easily yeah so his so his main baby is tesla that's more most yeah. where most of his money is and yeah I, I listened to like a whole podcast and i've heard a lot of people you know say that he's like somewhat of a grifter and i guess like with the whole tesla thing like most of the money he got was from government like subsidies sub whatever that word is sub um, right subsidies yeah, or whatever subsidies, like yeah. The, yeah subsidies yeah and um he just so much of the stuff that he does has been kind of like i don't really know what the word would be like full of shit or like um he just kind of is like a grifter a little bit like um he promises a lot of things an that asshole. he has yet to deliver on right so, yeah. you know, we're still waiting on the Cybertruck. I'm still waiting on my, you know, Roadster that I wish I could own, but I'm still waiting on it. There's one floating up in space, but that's about all we've seen out of that. Uh, we're still waiting on the Tesla Semi. You know, we're, we're waiting on a lot of things that he promised and that haven't been delivered on. And at some point, I think the shareholders will get sick of it. You know, I mean, he can put on a great show and do a great prototype. But how do you get it to production and how do you keep the shareholders happy and the consumers happy by providing a continuous line of products that they can consume? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's a weird thing with Tesla because I hear a lot of like there's like obviously a lot of people who hate him and hate Tesla. But then when I talk to people who have a Tesla, they're like, oh, it's great. Like it never fucks up at all. So it's like it's kind of yeah. hard to know like what to believe. And um you know, like once again, even though he, even though he's like not coming through with what he promises, it's like he really has come through with so much that it's like it's hard to kind of like you know hate on him for what he's done. Um, but yeah, so you actually want to get what's the deal with the roadster? Like, you want to get a you want a roadster or? I mean, like it. You know, at the time, it was the supposedly the fastest production car that was going to be produced. Right, one point nine seconds. It's a two door roadster that you know is ridiculously fast was supposedly had 600 miles of range and that was like how many years ago i mean they did that whole launch they have built like 10 of them and then that was it they haven't heard anything since so i didn't like really even know anything about that like i know i've heard of the roadster all for all i know it could have been a car that's out but so he promised it to come out and it just never came out and is yeah, he still like saying so they, they, they have the original tesla roadster which is based off of a lotus right so they ripped out the engine and the lotus put in all electric and that was the original tesla um and then they came out with the model s which was their first full production car and then they came out with the model x i think but then somewhere in there they promised a roadster and they had a whole big release about it and everything else and then they just never made it 
Um, and it was reasonably priced too for the fastest production cars, like 125 grand, which is really reasonable for what you got. Um, but they just never, never came out and produced it. And, and I don't even know how many people put down deposits to buy that. Um, you know, I mean, that the Founders Edition Roadster deposit was like half the price of the car. And that's how much you were putting down as a deposit. I mean, it was you, crazy. Did you put one down? Did you put down a deposit? No, or? thank God I didn't, because I would have been really mad if I didn't get one and I wanted one that bad. <laughs> Obviously, you just get your money back, right? I, I mean, I would hope so. I like, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, Tesla works like that. So, you know, because if they're just saying, oh, that would be delayed. pretty gnarly. Yeah. We're, we're just delayed. Pretty gnarly like, if you gave them a bunch of money and then, yeah. I mean, think about it though. Like how many electric companies are coming out? You know, I mean, like there's, there's Polestar from Volvo. There's, um, I think it's Volvo, it's Polestar. You've got uh, the, the, God, what's the name of it? The, they're doing an SUV right now. Fisker has, resurrected itself under a new owner uh like there's just so many what is companies that Fitz, fitzker fisker yeah they were the um the the kind of reason i think that elon had to step into the electric vehicle market in his mind uh because they sold a whole bunch of really fancy electric vehicles that were like a hundred thousand dollars and they all just started catching fire started like burning themselves up so uh really bad pr like they basically went bankrupt because of it and so but they just recently resurrected uh past like year or so and so they're releasing new models and so but you have all these new companies out that you know are promising all these new electric vehicles that we just don't know anything about like from a you know reliability standpoint from a longevity standpoint we don't know how reliable these companies will be because we've never seen them before Right. Like, you know, everyone has their opinion on a Ford or a Dodge or anything else. And so you can assume some level of build quality is going to carry over to their electric vehicles. But all these new companies, you have no idea. They can be, be built in a shed and they're just doing one a day in a shed. And you just have no idea, you know. But you do think there's a possibility that like because of all these new companies coming out, they may be able to take over Tesla. Like, like there could be a possibility. I, I don't know if they're Tesla. ever going to take over Tesla's market share from, you know, uh and we're i think i think it's possible like i don't think the small companies will i think the small companies will be niche markets and i think everyone's trying to be the next tesla but to be honest with you gm and volkswagen are definitely looking at the most promising to take over the market share from tesla i mean they just well, they're was, coming out with mm -hmm. sorry I, I i was kind of wondering like why aren't all like the main the main companies just like putting out electric cars what's taking them so long to do that yeah so so they're they're coming up with a whole bunch of concepts just like everyone else but they are releasing them at a slower pace because they want to make sure that they can still make money from it unlike elon who ran tesla for how many years and it was unprofitable like you know most car manufacturers are like look we don't have the market cap that tesla has of being ridiculously you know the profits per earning is just like crazy um, so we have reasonable shareholders with reasonable expectations. And so we have to make sure that, you know, we're going to make money off of these electric vehicles, but still sell them at a price that consumers want. Well, why was Elon Musk able to, um, be able to do that? Like so early on, Investors, all these other companies are he, people believed him and he got people to buy in. Yeah. So he, I mean, he really is good at like getting people to like believe in him and he, and he is really good at like marketing or like you know like almost like um marketing himself you know what i mean right. like yeah. not no, only having absolutely. like the company marketed but like yeah, yeah. and it's crazy because, because I mean, so he comes off 
right? There's no business jargon. There's no PR jargon that comes out of Elon's mouth. It's all matter of fact, and it's engineering, right? That's what he talks about. He focuses on the details, not about the overall picture. Um, and you know that's what people like to hear, and they want to hear about those details. They want to hear the blunt facts, not this PR spin on how this is supposed to come across in a you know in a uh, politically correct world. They just want to hear the hard facts. They want to hear you know A through Z. What do you have to offer? And he provides that you know bluntly, and people like that. But it's weird. But it's like, why aren't these other companies just like learning that? It's like instead of like bullshitting people, just do the same thing that Elon Musk is doing, you know, like, and I think more companies, more companies, I think have, I guess, started to do that. Like with like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like Wendy's or like whatever, like on Twitter, like, oh, yeah. have you seen the, how they're like shit talking on Twitter or whatever? I know, I know. Like uh, the Slim Jim too. I'm like, dude, that, that mod is like going crazy. <laughs> Sometimes like, <laughs> I haven't seen like, that one. Oh my God, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, Slim Jin and Cinnabon are, uh, they're married on Twitter. Like, it's like, I'm like, dude, what a marketing campaign. Like, just absolutely yeah. going crazy. And they follow back, like, every single person. Like, a company yeah, following part, back users. It's wild. Part of me, um, part of me wonders if, um, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's getting late. Um, so um damn what was i gonna say um yeah i don't know um i yeah i mean oh yeah yeah what i was gonna say is, is part of me wonders if a lot of the stuff i don't know i mean uh, like a lot of the stuff he's doing now with like the whole like republican like going on i don't know if you saw him like go on like tucker carlson or whatever who who who's now off fox news did you hear about that yeah thank heard, god um yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but he went on he went on tucker carlson and i didn't even watch it so i like overheard some of the stuff he said but his whole like kind of seemingly like turn to the right like you wonder like is all this is kind of like like bullshit like i don't know like yeah, so, like, so much of like what people are doing on there is just like what the like what the fuck is like why are they doing this you know like yeah I know it's like it's like Elon went to the right. We lost Kanye as a human being. Like I mean, oh, like what yeah. else is the world gonna throw at us? Like I, I just, um, it, it's 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 crazy. The the part about Elon though, it makes me wonder if he's like looking for mili more military funding for SpaceX. Uh, you know that that's a good incentive to go to the right because they you know they have a lot more say in the military budget than the left usually. So do they though? Because I mean. I, like, I is think the military they, itself just like a Republican kind of like entity or I, I think that, you know, traditionally, um, a it makes lot sense. Of the lobbying yeah. comes to the Republican side for, you know, defense contractors, at least from my understanding of it, I could be wrong on it, but I, you know, if it, if it was a lobbying and it was a, um, you know, uh, decision-making thing like that, or it could just be Elon being Elon, you know, he's just like, I'm done with, trying to be someone else and i'm now going to be me and that's just being blunt and pissing people off you know like could just be elon being yeah elon. i mean but, he launched a billion dollar rocket on 420 because it was 420 so i don't have too high hopes that there's anything more going on yeah it's just like most most of me like really does just take him at face value and to be honest like kind of take most of these people at face value but it's like i yeah. really probably shouldn't take them at face value like there probably is some sort of like manipulative thing he's doing, 
but I do believe him. Like he seems to just be like a goofy troll and he, he got sick of the left and has gone right. Um, but yeah, then also, I guess there was this thing recently that I heard too, um, where like, I guess like he was saying, if anybody, can, you know, I'm sick of hearing about this, like diamond mine, my dad owns. So if anybody can come out and prove it, I'll pay you like a hundred. I don't know if you heard about this, but like a hundred K. Yeah, no, I did so, hear about that. Yeah. So like his, his dad literally said like, it, it is true. Like I did own a, a diamond mine. <laughs> did you, it's like. It's, I mean, it's a, like, how much more, like, how much more can you get, like, caught, I feel like, caught red-handed than some of, than some of these guys, you know, like, they'll just come yeah. out and lie, and, like, somebody will just, like, prove that they're lying with so many of these guys, and then it's, like, oh, it's, just, like, forgotten about, like, I recently heard, like, Trump on, um, yeah, like, Trump, Trump's, have you heard, of, like, the Nelk Boys by any chance? No they have a podcast called like full send. It's like literally one of the biggest podcasts and like Andrew Tate's been on there and like Donald Trump Jr. And like, and like Tucker Carlson, but it's like these guys who are like, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm totally missing out because I'm older, but like they started off doing like prank videos on YouTube. Like they're just like, okay. Like yeah. prank video guys on YouTube. They got really big. They started a podcast. Now they literally have like the big, they had Elon Musk on there. They have the biggest names and they're just like these young guys who aren't that smart, but I listened to the most recent like Trump one and so much of the stuff he says, like, I just don't believe like what he's uh, saying. Yeah. And like I, so many, I, so many of the people who have backed him, like now you see that like, they're just not doing good. Like having like a ton of the guys who backed him, like they're in jail or like the, the, my pillow guy, I don't think he's doing good. And it's just like, no. can't you see this guy is just like all bad. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, like, you know, if, if <laughs> just, just personally, like I never liked him and I, I would have never, you know, I never voted for him in the beginning. Um, but just yeah. watching him go downhill all the way through his presidency and, and, and just, you know, <laughs> even through the insurrection and then the part where he sells an NFT and I'm just like, yeah, you really are going to buy an NFT from this guy. Like, how can you not see the con? And I was just like, oh, my God, people. But they did. I mean, they'll, they'll buy the NFT. They don't even know how to open it, but they'll buy it. I mean. Yeah, it's gotten to a point where, like, even with Elon Musk and everything else we were talking about, it's just kind of like, you know, I, I don't know what to say at this point. Like, if if you're still backing the guy, Trump, like, I don't know why. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2024, right? I mean, this I, I think it will. Um, you know, as I, I'm a moderate, and so you know, I tend to vote on policy rather than you know, um, a one single side. And it, to be honest with you, uh, for as long as I could vote, there hasn't been a decent candidate that I've fully just been like, yeah, this guy seems like he's a stand-up guy. So yeah. You know, it's probably the best way to go i think so and i think a lot of americans are i think they're in the similar spot like i don't think anyone is fully left or fully right or they're probably i mean of course there are some but i think a lot of people are somewhere in the middle and i think that you know a lot of people agree on some issues on the left and then they sometimes agree with some issues on the right but they just don't know it right and that's the other problem is that we have this separation and this bubbling that happens online where you don't even know that you actually agree with the right or you actually agree with the left. You're just told that you don't agree with anything the left says, you don't agree with anything the right says, and they're, you know, the adversary. 
which isn't true. We're all Americans. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm like a liberal now, but it's like, I feel like part of the thing that's pushed me so far, kind of like what you were just saying to the left is the fact that well, Trump prompt basically, but he got in and then basically I'm just the whole time. I'm like, this guy is just a fucking idiot. And it's yeah. like, and then, but then people, that's the whole thing is part of the reason I was saying when you said like you're a moderate and you haven't really backed anyone, it's like people will be like, well, yeah, like uh, Biden's, you know, no good either. And it's like, you know, yeah, I guess you're kind of right there too. It's just, I mean, all it comes down to for me basically is, is I'm like basically just like supporting the, the small guy and I am yeah. a small guy. I'm not going to like, I'm not like supporting Elon Musk or like Jeff Bezos. Like I want I'm right. supporting right. someone who needs money. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And, and I'm one of them and it's like, we could use universal healthcare, but then it's like, and all that kind of like liberal stuff, but then it's like, it never happened. So it's just, so I guess my point is it was kind of gotten to the point where I'm just like, you know, um, I don't know, you know, you, you give up, I guess, you know, like you still obviously like vote yeah. for someone over the other person, but and side, but I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, I don't know. I but so if, getting, yeah, go ahead. I, one last thing. If, if Trump's the bar, then I, I'll pick anyone over. I'm done. You know, <laughs> I, like, I mean, that, that's, it that's seems like that's the case 2024 either, right? voting prediction so far. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, is there anyone who, um, yeah, I don't even know. It's probably too early to say, like, is there anybody on the right that, like, you would be okay? Because obviously DeSantis isn't good either. I don't really know who uh, yeah, else there is. It, it just, you know, Trump has brought in a new, a new party. He's brought in a completely new party. And I just, I don't like any of them. I, you know, I, I, I've never agreed with the religious right side of things. I've always been a, you know, um, more of a fiscal conservative than anything else. Um, but the, also with that being said, I completely support new universal healthcare, you know, because what everyone should not? have access to healthcare, you know? Yeah. It's just such a pain in the ass to like lose. I just lost a job like three months ago. And now I'm like, I got another job and I'm waiting for the healthcare to kick in. So right. I don't even have healthcare right now. And it's like, because I was like, do I really pay for it? However much it is. It's like, people have told me yeah. it's like 500 a month or something. And then it's yeah. like, you go to the fucking like hospital. Like I like literally just was at the hospital yesterday. My, my girlfriend's mom got her. And I mean, that's besides the point, but like just dealing with the hospital system and healthcare in general is just such a giant pain in the ass and everything's so yeah. fucking overpriced and, and they were charging yeah, us to park and like yeah it's 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 enough to deal with going to an american hospital but then you have to deal with the financial burden for the next five years to pay for it like it's yeah. just absolutely crazy i mean like for example my wife works basically just for health insurance because if i was because i work for a much smaller company and i get my health insurance paid for free but if i brought the family on then it would be fourteen hundred dollars a month out of my paycheck and it's just like how many how many uh, kids do you have or two? So I've got a family of four, yeah. and so like I mean, paying for all of that, I mean, like on top of paying for the kids themselves, like I mean, that's just crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So I I completely support you, uh, universal health care, um, even for people that can't afford out of pocket. Like just everyone, blanket. That is a right. You deserve to be able to go to a hospital and get treated, and we will take an extra you know three percent out of everyone's income tax if it has to be because that's just the cost of making sure that everyone doesn't die on the street 
Yeah, for sure. So like getting back into the the AI of it all and then we'll yeah. end it. But um um yeah, so where do you where do you think we were talking about electric cars? Where do you think things are going in terms of AI? Um you know, with I guess like, you know, electric cars taking over truckers jobs or really just any jobs being taken over, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that we're a long way off from the the average person being, you know, replaced by AI. It's it's really gonna be more of the um the office workers, I feel like, that are gonna be faded out before the manual labor workers are faded out. Um, and a great example is like accounting, right? Like in theory, accounting you go to school for and everything else, but you can much more easily write a program to do all of an accountant's job than you can to do all of a plumber's job. And so anything yeah. that involves your hands, any trade or anything like that, I think that's going to really probably be the last thing that a computer or a robot can do at the scale that, you know, would be profitable. Um, I think that a lot of office jobs, though, uh, you know, even some tech jobs are being completely faded out. I mean, you look at like chatbots, right? Like now, do you ever get a person when you chat or when you call into some help center? No, you get AI first or you get some sort of automated system that filters you at this point. But eventually it's just going to completely take over and solve your problem. In fact, my electric company does that now. I literally can call in and get a, you know, an outage request. I can call into or, uh, um, you know, ad service if I'm moving, like all of it's done automated automatically. So it verifies me automatically. And some of that's not even AI, but the point is, is that, you know, as computers grow, jobs will be replaced just like they have been, you know, when different industries come in and different technology emerges. I mean, what about like, like truck drivers? Like I'm actually like a delivery, I'm an Amazon delivery driver. So what about a job like that where, um, not only do you have to drive, but then you actually have to go like deliver the item. Like, yeah, I mean, do so you think they'll I, be I able to get to on, that? Yeah, I think it depends on what company you talk to and what their vision is. Amazon's is drones, right? Um, they they foresee that most packages that are under a certain size, they can build a drone network and deliver to all major metropolitan areas, right? Especially houses. Houses are the first target because they're the easiest ones to hit. Um, and then, of course, you have Domino's, which is starting with their driverless car delivery. I don't know if you've seen that, but they basically load the, 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 the Domino's car drives up and then they load the pizza and the car drives itself to the house. And then it just spits the pizza out of a little like mini window. And then you just you've already paid for it. So you just grab it and go. No tip, no driver. Um, you know, oh, and, and, man, that, that's kind of have, scary. Yeah. And then you have like driverless taxis, right, which have been around for a while. And, um, you know, there there's stories about them that come out occasionally. I just saw one that came out where a motorcycle cop was trying to stop a driverless taxi. And the guy was sitting in the passenger seat like, dude, there's no one driving. I can't stop it. I don't know what to do. Uh, but the driverless taxi actually listened and it the cop was waving it over and it actually pulled over. And I was like, I mean, you know, from a software developer's perspective, the amount of code and uh, logic that goes into something like this man is a police officer and he is waving me in this direction. So I must move the cars over. Like, like, you know, thinking about it from a code perspective is just absolutely insane. And all at the same time, it's connecting to the cloud and everything else. Like it's just absolutely mind boggling to think about how many lines of code make that car move. But I mean, 
just the fact that Domino's is a, is actually able to do it is kind of scary. Like, you know what I mean? Like with, um, I mean, does that mean that it's, it's actually going to be like five, 10 years before Amazon just goes and like spits out the package or whatever. And. Oh yeah. No, I mean like it's, it's not, it's not, I mean, at, at some point your fridge is going to stock itself, right? Like there's just going to be a robot because people don't like people coming into their house, but at some point a robot's just going to, have like its own little doorway into your house and just deliver your groceries and put it up for you or your own robot will put it up in there for you and you'll just grab the food out of the fridge and then if you want something like all like the robot will, will literally the robot will literally drive there and then walk like kind of like walk into the house and like put your food away oh i it or you'll surprise have it because amazon tried it right so they they tried this campaign uh and i think it was in dallas like three or four years ago but basically what they were advertising is you could sign up for this beta and amazon delivery drivers would have a special key that could get into your house and they would restock your fridge for you the drivers would so they would just walk in put your groceries away for you and then leave and of course everyone at the time was like absolutely not i'm not letting another human in my house but would i let some little automated robot that already has my groceries come in and put it up for me yeah sure because it's a robot like who cares it's not going to steal anything. Yeah. So, you know, it's not going to cost. So you don't damage. even you don't even think that's like really that far away. I, I, the technology is here now. It just becomes how you know can can a can companies make it profitable and b can people accept it. Well, I would think that it would be more profitable to to have, just have driverless like driverless delivery drivers. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if they could get to yeah. the point where, which which we've proven, which right? is scary. Like, I mean. Yeah, it is. It is definitely more profitable when you consider like you have to pay for the technology. In theory, you pay for it once versus paying for a driver's salary, benefits, everything else. Right. Um, but then becomes the legal challenges when that driverless delivery car hits someone. Right. So or it hits a pedestrian or it hits, you know, a pole. And so like the question is, is like if you're sleeping on the highway. Right. And your car, you're, you have a self-driving car, you're not driving, and it gets into an accident with someone else at no fault to you. But that other car was a self-driving car, and it was not technically their fault either. It was just an accident. Who pays for it? The people or the company that wrote the AI software that, in theory, should have been paying more attention? I mean, someone, I guess. You know what I mean? What Either right. the company or the people who wrote the software, you know, I mean... But I mean, well, you, you know, think, people have brought this up. The to car me is insured to the person, not to the company. Traditionally, yeah, but I, I would imagine that. Um, I don't know, but I would imagine that. But yeah, when... this is a question that has to be answered, right? Because right now you can't like, so you can get in a self-driving taxi in certain places, right? But they're owned by companies, so obviously, if anything happens, the company's liable. But if I buy a self-driving car that is so good at self-driving that I can sit in the back seat and I get into an accident, who's at fault? Because I'm not driving. It's my car, but I'm well, not driving. In my opinion, the, the the ethical thing to do would be the the company like Tesla or whatever would say, okay, like you might have the you might have the insurance or not. Maybe the company just literally owns the you know buys the insurance, right? But you might have the insurance, but like we'll we'll pay for it because it was. It was our fault that the that the self-driving vehicle gone to an accident like it shouldn't have or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, right. It shouldn't so, be on so the then, person who's not driving. I right. would and, I would think. And, but 
Yeah. And then comes the question is, do you even need a car at that point? Because if I can pull out an app and hail my own taxi, then you just have, everyone just has a taxi that they get into that's driverless. And then I can just go wherever I want by just putting it in the app and it just takes me there. Do I even need a car at that point? And I just pay a monthly fee and that's it. It's a hundred, I guess $200 a month. And that's, I guess that's car. I guess at that point, it would, yeah, it would just come down to like, well, one, what's cheaper? Is it cheaper just to like pay the self-driving taxi or is it cheaper to own your own car than two? Like, do you actually want to drive your own car? Like some, I know some people who like, l- like love to drive. Right. So and I'm one of them, right? give it like, I love to drive, but I know people that hate to drive. They can't stand it. And it's even more funny when they drive for a living and they hate to drive. And I'm just like, wow, dude. <laughs> but you know, like, that, yeah, luckily I like to drive, but yeah. 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 I like so, to drive, like, but then there is, there is obviously the, like, I like to drive, but I'm not like one of these guys who's like a, you know, like a Jay Leno or Joe Rogan type who like, you know, is like some sort of like muscle car, like type of guy. I just, I like to drive, but I'm not like some sort of car guy or anything. Right. Um, so it's like, if I think that I would choose Uber or whatever, if it wasn't, so expensive like if it was a self-driving uber i might just not have a car and be fine with that but right um yeah but so in terms of you know the far future with ai and like you know the singularity and all that type of stuff like i I, you know like like you know ray kurzweil no i don't think so he like came out with like the singularity is near book and like he he believes he's like some he's like a big google like ai guy he like i think started google's ai program or whatever and uh, yeah. he basically he, he i mean he's like 70 or whatever but he thinks that like by i mean i've even heard i've heard i've seen prints on this recently where it's like by 2030 people believe we're gonna like be able to live forever and all this stuff like do you think it's gonna get to that point quicker than we think it may i i will say that i'm I'm optimistic and pessimistic at the same time. I think that I think that AI has the power to do anything that we build it to do. Um, and I think that, you know, that combined with quantum computing, which is also a new trend and a new, you know, thing that's coming out, um, you know, together. I wanted harness. to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. What, what do you want to know about quantum computing? Oh no, you you could keep going. I just that was one other thing that I wanted to ask you about. But oh, yeah. you can keep you can finish your thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so so in combination of you know the the complexity that AI is getting to with the neural networks and then with the quantum computing side of it as well, being able to process data much, you know, faster, at least very specific sets of data much faster. I think that you're going to approach, you know, a place to where which we already kind of have where, you know, obviously computers can process things faster than the human mind um, on a, you know, supercomputer scale. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but the human brain is actually able to co- able to compute faster than most computers still today. Even though we can't solve mathematical equations as fast, the complexity of our neurons is something that computers, most computers can't compete with today. Um, but once we hit that point, and once we hit the point to where we're able to, you know, build a everyday computer that can think as fast as the human brain and put all of that together, 
then I think that you'll see some really significant advances. I mean, medicine alone and AI uh, is just an interesting field if, you know, people want to look it up. But some of the stuff that they're doing with AI and nanotechnology and medicine is just things that you would imagine 20 years ago were like space age level stuff. So um, you, you just, there's, there's so many advancements and so many things that are being affected by AI. I think that, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me at this point of anything happening in the next 10 to 20 years, especially something like age, you know, it's like age reversal or age extension. I've heard rumors about that, um, you know, and uh, it's, it's to do with your cells. I, I would be interested to see more concrete evidence on it, um, but, you know, anything's possible, so. And then when it gets to that point, you know, you know that you know about the singularity, right? Like you know what it means, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you you have it. You have a sentient AI being essentially, like like AI is born, right? Like that's that's what you that's what you reach. You reach a part to where AI no longer is a series of you know complex algorithms built on a neural network, but it's all of that plus a you know it can think for itself, truly think for itself like a human, it becomes alive. And I think that, again, that day will be the most terrifying and exciting day that humanity seen, um, you know, since the dawn of mankind, because we will have for the first time created life out of inorganic materials. And when that day comes, or how long before that day comes, would you guess? I, I think most estimates are like the next 25, 30 years, but I think it could easily come sooner than that. Like there, there is a saying, and you know, there's a couple of uh, developers, uh, very famous, you know, engineers that have come out and said, look, if everyone learned how to develop software, every single person on earth learned how to develop software, everyone would be out of a job living in a utopia in five years. Oh, wow. Because if so we you, put you... all of our power together, to develop software that was powerful enough to just do everything for us with robotics, with automation, with AI, we would never have to work again. The human race would be catered to by AI in five years. Within within five years, we would stop working. Yeah, everyone would. The, the everything would be taken care of. Food production would become well, a how thing. Do you, like, how do you how do you think that works for one and then two? When people say utopia, like. Does it kind of just have to do with work? Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's basically just work. I, yeah. I, I mean, like, I know solve that, like, social so many, problems, but, you know. Well, like, I mean, my point, is, is, like, so, my point is, is that, like, so many people are, like, when they talk about, like, getting to the point where, like, we don't have to work anymore, then you have so many people who are like, oh, well, I like to work, or it gives humans, it gives humans um, whatever, like, focus or discipline or, like, um, it makes you feel good or whatever. But it's, right. like, the funny thing about it is, in my mind, that kind of is the it's like sad to say but it's like that kind of is the utopia like if i can get to a point yeah. where i'm not working like you're essentially just retired and you have enough money to where you can do what you want right that in my mind is utopia i could be wrong like i get to the point where i'm not no working, I'm, I'm like miserable you know, I, but yeah yeah i think that's i think that's you know a lot of people's utopia because you know uh as as being i would say a human and, Amer and an american um you know we we grew up learning that you go to school and you get a job and you work that job and then you retire. And when you retire, that's when you get to go have fun. Um, you know, and I think for a lot or of 65. people, you would be, yeah, a lot of people, you know, a fantastic, like the best thing that could ever happen to them would be to be able to retire before 65. 
Yeah. If you could retire when you're 30. Like, how would that look? If we get to a point where I'm assuming, like, AI is doing all the work and we're just not working, like, would it be kind of like these massive companies kind of, like, own everything and they just kind of, like, distribute wealth to people or something? I think so. I I think that, you know, for... For us to be able to just not work, everyone would have to be, you know, except that in this utopia, everyone gets the same thing, which people find very hard to do, right? That's my first criticism towards this. Uh, You know, everyone wants a Lamborghini. Not everyone can afford a Lamborghini, right? And so, but you have those few people that can afford a Lamborghini. And so, like, obviously, capitalism and people wanting things has to be, you know, convinced otherwise. Um, and then, you know, the second thing is, is that money has absolutely no value. There is no concept of money anymore for this to work. Because it would be kind of like Star money, Trek, right? Yeah. Like, like everyone has, I've heard that's how Star Trek is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. Like you, you, you mentioned, um, like the medicine, like I'm assuming you're saying AI is kind of like creating medicine. Like, do you think it'll get to a point maybe within 10 years or so where like we do solve all the uh, the medical problems, you know, psychologically and uh, physically? Like, you think that's yeah, possible? So, I, so, so a, a real world example today is that you can dedicate your gpu and i forget the name of the website off the top of my head but you can dedicate your own graphics card to run queries essentially and run parse data uh for cancer research and for parkinson's sometimes too i think that they're partnering up with them too and so basically the scientists send out and connect to all these these graphics cards right and they process this data to build imagery and to build, you know, connections and build, uh, I guess, data around what they're finding uh, in in cancer research. And so that's a really good way right now. And AI is being used in cancer research heavily. It's being used in a lot of other medicine development. Um, You know, nanotechnology equally is involved there too. Um, But, you know, eventually, yeah, I think we'll get to a point to where you're sick with something, you'll get scanned. It'll identify exactly what you have using a combination of, you know, AI, nanotech, future things that we don't know about yet. And then you'll just get an immediate prescription right then and there. I mean, you think about some like processes that just don't make sense. There's a lot of things in healthcare that don't make sense. Like when I go to the doctor and then I have to go to the pharmacy, right? Like if you think about it from a process perspective and you're like looking to optimize things, combine the doctor, and the pharmacy, right? It can still be secure, but you don't have to go to a different place, right? Like, why? Why do I have to go to a yeah. different place to get the we medicine that I just like, got set? Yeah, we literally just did that yesterday, like with my my girlfriend's mom. Like, we she was in the ER or whatever. I I went. We went to go get her. She got released. We went to a different hospital. Well, part of the reason why we did that was because she has Kaiser and she didn't get taken to a Kaiser. But it was like, yeah, we literally yeah. had to go to like a different place to get the medicine, and it was just like. Why? Why? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. Who knows? But um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm 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 looking forward to it. And then also, like Sam Altman on that podcast or one of them that I listened to, said that he thinks that like AI. I'm sure you've heard this, but AI could get rid of like capitalism. 
it could um some i guess it'll just make it so it like ai is just doing all of the jobs or i guess is basically what that means right so you have no need for like a lawyer anymore (laughs) right because you're represented yeah. by AI and AI reviews your case yeah. and it decides accordingly how to best represent you. But then you get into the question of then, okay, so now you have two sides of the same AI that's going against each other. Do they just decide to say, no, nah, this person's a bad person actually. So we're going to make them lose. Right. Like, and they now have bias towards being good or they have bias towards being bad. Right. Like there's all these new questions that come out with stuff like that, but in short, yeah, it, it eliminates basically a government overall and that AI basically provides everything that we need and we don't have to work anymore and we're okay yeah, with that. which in my mind <laughs> i am but what i what i've kind of like questioned about it is like i'm kind of like is the government ever going to step in and be like okay like no like you guys you guys can't do this anymore like it's it's gone too far it's too like scary I, I think then, they'll try, but look at how they've tried to moderate big data right and then they tried to moderate what you can view on the internet like there's there's a whole bunch of ways that the government has tried to step in, but public consensus has been like, no, I should be able to be free to do whatever I want on the internet and on social media. And so, you know, if you ask the government 20 years ago, whether again, it was a good idea to put a phone in everyone's pocket and for some big corporation to be able to track everyone's movements step by step, minute by minute, they probably would have said that's the biggest security flaw I've ever seen for a nation existence of mankind. And now everyone's like, yeah, no, we're good with it. We need it. You got to have it. How will I yeah. know how to get home? Well, do you think it is better overall? I mean, I would say I do, but I think it's, it's equally beneficial and um, limiting at the same time. I think that a lot of people have lost their sense of direction because they use maps and they've lost their, ability to look out the window and read street signs right i think that when we look for things to go shopping if we don't see what we want in five seconds then we get somewhat frustrated uh the average attention span to wait for a url now is i believe less than two seconds it used to be five and now it's down to less than two so if your page doesn't load within two seconds you immediately assume something is wrong yeah and I think well, I, mean, that's I, th- I think that all of it well I think that all of it regarding the the losing your sense of direction and all that kind of stuff um doesn't matter as long as you have Google Maps right like if we lose Wi-Fi or whatever then it becomes a problem but then what you said about the attention span thing is a problem because I've kind of I don't really like no you know it's hard to to know but it's I've noticed that I've been getting more and more I don't even really want to say more and more I think that I've always been kind of like somewhat impatient but like just in with patients in general, you're right. Like the people I think are just losing their patience because they, yeah, they have everything they, they want immediately. And it's, you know, it's like hard, you know, like when it's hard to, it first becomes hard to read a book, then it becomes hard to sit through a movie. Then, you know, you get to a point where you're just watching five to 10 second clips on uh TikTok or Instagram or whatever. That's, you know? that's exactly right. And how, how long will it take before five second clips are too long? I need two second clips. And I can get everything I need because someone can make the perfect two second clip format. And then I'm just looking at two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. You know what I mean? Like, how, yeah. I mean, how much shorter can you make it? And then can I look at, two, I mean, now you, you've seen it, right? I'm looking at someone's reaction to some video. And now I'm looking at two different things at the same time, right? I'm looking at someone's reaction to some TikTok video. 
and that's all inside yeah. of one image but i'm watching two different things and now i mean like how much more can you throw in that and how much shorter can you make it to maximize views and maximize profits like it's, yeah. it's crazy to think about and and how much our attention spans and how much our patience and everything else is suffering because of it yeah well um the, you know the last I, I have to end it because i have work in yeah. the morning but um the last quite well i have the last qu- question and then i have more questions but the, the, the last question i ask is you know um in terms of like the sentience thing the the ai becoming sentient i'm kind of curious to what you think you know we are and what we came from and all that kind of stuff um like what makes us sentient i, I i'm really just like curious to your viewpoint on where because i know they say that like ai and like you were saying with neural networks kind of like acts like us what makes us different than maybe an ai or whatever where do we come from where are we going i, mean, I don't know i'd ask this question, yeah so but, you know i think yeah. that uh the first thing is is that we assume sentience as an ai that acts like us as in that it can feel emotion right um but are there, are there, is there more beyond thinking for yourself, feeling emotion and reacting, right? Is there more to that, right? And how much more intelligence does it require to create a being that is more, not just more intelligent than us, but that has a whole nother, uh, uh, has more ability and more senses and more, you know, and a level up in intelligence than us that we can't even imagine right? Because we can't even imagine what it's like to be more intelligent than us, right? We can imagine having different accoutrements on us, like we can see in the dark, we can have echolocation, right? But how do we imagine, you know, a whole other being that just makes us look like ants, right? And that we are about as smart and as intelligent as ants. And so that, yeah, sorry, that's just, the, oh, you're good. I just, I, I just had to plug, plug it in. Um, Plugging my phone. So yeah, um, sorry, I, I I heard most of it, but okay. What was the um, last part? I just just that you know I think that I think that if AI becomes sentient, it will dwarf us in its you know capabilities very quickly. Yeah, a, a better question to ask was my my phone's dying. It's the only reason why I did that. Um, yeah, a better question to ask would be. Um, what what i guess what would make do you think the ai will eventually become sentient or conscious or whatever word you want to use and then what makes what makes what makes it become uh conscious or sentient and also yeah, like do you so, think that it'll, it'll ever like really truly have its own emotions or feelings I, like I, so so i think at some point yes it will hit the definition of what we define it to be as sentient right um and and again i would say probably like a 20 25 year timeline on that is what most ai researchers estimate um 2829 yeah 20 20 to 25 i think is what most estimate could be sooner could be later uh from what i've read though it's it's right around 25 years um now with that being said though you know i think that what we define as sentient could easily, uh, AI could easily go past that, or it could, you know, just fall short. And we might hit something like the speed of light, right, with AI. And it might never be able to go, you know, um, to what we fully imagine it to be, but it can, you know, it can feel some sort of emotion and things like that. But it, we don't know. We like, like, 
I, I don't think we fully understand, you know, what sentience would look like from a code perspective, right? Like, how do you, how do you get something, how big of a neural network do you need? How many inputs and outputs do you need to make something sentient? And when you look at the human body, right? Like, how do we process emotion? How do we feel, touch, smell? How do we process all of that, right? It's through our nervous network and it's through hormones in our body and everything else that spawns up. And so an AI doesn't have any of that. It just relies off of data. And so the answer to how it becomes sentient may require an extra, you know, something extra other than just data. So there, there's, yeah, I mean, there's I, couple... I just think, I just think that it, that it would, I mean, unless, unless there's some way for us to give it, a, to, to make it have emotion or like to put emotion or feeling into it. Right. Like, like, almost I, like you I, have I, like I an IED, like, don't... you know, like we're going to jumpstart you, but how do we jumpstart you to make you alive? But then, right. But then it's like, do we even want to? Like, do we even, why would we want something to be alive? Like, we're right. going to say, we just want to do what we want it to do, basically. It doesn't really need to be alive. Right, exactly. And that, that's the question. When does it, like, does it, does it need to be alive? And I think that's a, a question that a lot of people are afraid of, which is, I don't really want it to be alive. I really don't I want most, it to. I think most people don't want it to be alive, right? Right. They're happy with the way that AI is progressing but they don't truly want it to become sentient because I think a lot of people are afraid that, you know, if we create a being that has the ability to process information as fast as a computer, have the, you know, the, the, the mind and the critical thinking skills of a thousand humans put together. And, you know, I mean, it, it can solve any problem that we give it. Is that a good thing for us? Right, like, and and how long does it take before we're the problem in the computer's mind? And I don't care how yeah. you program it or whatever. Like, you know, at some point, at some time, we know that we're a problem. We just choose to ignore it, right? With climate change, with everything else, right? Like, we know that we cause destruction to this planet and the survival of our own species in a lot of cases. And how long would it take for AI to determine that we're the root cause of the problem and we need to be removed? So. Yeah, it's a tough question. I just, I just don't know if I believe that. Like, eventually, it just will become conscious. I, you know what I mean? I think we're missing a. I think we're missing personally. I think we're missing an ingredient to recipe. And I'm not an AI researcher, but just from the AI that you know I've been exposed to with ChatGPT and everything else, it's cool. But it definitely can't think for itself. And being a software developer, I can see where it's pulling its data from. So, like, it's really cool, but. We're not there yet. We're not even close yet. Yeah, I'm going to swap this out. Hold on one second. All good. Uh, not yet. Can't hear you yet. No, not yet. Can't hear you. Oh, you're muted. I think you just muted on the thing. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. Now I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm over it. Um, okay. Uh, test, test, test. Sorry, I, I'm over it. I'm just going to 
do it without headphones gotcha. for now. Um, okay. So yeah, um, what about us? How do you think we got conscious? Um, do you think it's just a matter of like evolution? Like just at some point yeah, we were just I like so. or whatever. And... I think so. Like I mean, the the you know, if you look at it from a pure science perspective, like carbon is pretty key to our evolution uh you know in life forms and we're all carbon based and um you know the ability for a bacteria to be created somehow it if you look at how many cells of bacteria there are on the earth and how many little tiny pieces of, like if you think about how many grains of sand there are on the earth and you say that's your chances one of one of those you know like it's definitely possible it's definitely possible that life started as a single cell of bacteria somehow and we came from that Right. Like, I, I think that I think it's very possible for that. We are very adaptive. Just all animals are extremely adaptive and that we can modify our bodies in the grand scheme of things in a very short period of time. I mean, humans over a million years. Right. We can evolve ourselves to a completely different species, which sucks for the individual person. But from a you know evolutionary perspective, I think that's pretty impressive for us to be able to completely change ourselves and adapt, um, you know, as long as we are in a constant environment, you know, it's almost like, you know, you grow something in a Petri dish, right? You know, and I think it's the similar thing, like the, the earth is our Petri dish and we grow and expand and everything else. And then sometimes we run into something that cuts us off a little bit and then we grow some more. So I think that it's not very far-fetched to say that, you know, our self-awareness has evolved over time from just being animals and, thankfully we're the most intelligent animals that we know of on earth uh and we hope that i hope that we stay the most intelligent beings whether man-made or biological for the next year yeah. couple of the millennia question, the question always goes back to like you know what happened before you know though but that i think that's a whole nother um a whole nother topic you know or yeah. a whole other podcast conversation. But so, yeah, yeah, lastly, I'll ask you, um, what, what are you, some of your goals? Um, do you ever want to work with AI or do you want to stay in cloud computing? Yeah. So, um, so I, I don't touch AI specifically too much, like the large neural networks, other than me processing images. Sometimes like I'll write some applications that'll, you know, tap into TensorFlow and things like that, uh, which is a Python or it's just a full library now. Um, and it just allows image processing using AI. But, uh, you know, most of where I focus on is just application architecture. And uh, I do a lot of uh, machine learning too, which is a subset of AI, but it's a lot more of uh, predicting models and things like that. So uh, I know it's a lot of tech garbage, but uh, mainly what I do is I like being... Uh, I, I less enjoy being down in the code lately and more doing the architecture up top and interfacing with shareholders and things like that, so. Okay, cool. And then um, as far as, well, first I'll ask you, in terms of, you know, my goal as of recently has been trying to get monetized on YouTube through this podcast and then also other like videos I do. Um, yeah. In terms of that kind of thing, do you have any like advice and then also I, like, no, and then, well, like, do you think it's a, do you, in terms of just like a broader look is at like the gig economy, like stuff like that, do you think that's going to become more prevalent or like kind of like work from home, kind of like, you know, work on your own time type thing, kind of like, you know. And so, so I'll tell you, like, 
so so I work my my W two job right is as a cloud architect. I also contract uh, con and consult on the side with software development and application build outs uh, with my own you know subset. And then I also do the you know my podcast and everything else. And so uh, my advice on on that is like the gigs are just as important as the content creation from what I found. Uh, but if you want to get more views and stuff like that on the at least on the gig or the content creation side. Just throw everything into SEO with, you can even use ChatGPT. Just make it SEO friendly. Uh, and what that does again, is it just makes the search engines think of you as a good place to send people. Is that mainly for the title of the video or is that even- for Title and summary. At? Yeah, title, what? summary, uh, whatever, whatever you can SEO optimize because Google will touch everything it can. Um, By summary, do you mean like what's in like the, um, what's the, like, the part uh the, the description, description or whatever. yeah okay yeah. so you want to have a title then also maybe like something in the description like kind of just um, if, you, if you're going to put a description for the video just ask it to like I'm, I'm i'm dead serious like just say that you have a title and then say make this title more seo friendly and then just ask chat gbt and say now write a summary for this episode title and it'll give you a summary and then you can just edit the the keywords of or like the sentences but the flow will be it's like it's like staring at like i don't even know how to describe it like the perfect bacon burger of all time like you're just like i don't understand how you just made this but it's fantastic the flow of what it writes is just like really just oh yeah it's it's amazing to, yeah, yeah. Amazing. <clears throat> but in terms of content creation in general you just don't really like advise it like it's 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 too it's too difficult of a world to like um make a living at I don't think it's, I, I think that a lot of people can, I, from, from what I've seen, um, it just, it just takes a lot of effort and it takes getting the right, you know, right people to check you out and then, pro, you know, help promote you. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I'm doing the podcast is to, um, as I kind of, one problem that I have with my YouTube channel is like a bunch of different stuff. It's not all like the same thing, like it should be, right. but that's just because like, I don't like, um, I don't really want to like separate everything into like different YouTube channels because it's like, right. I'm not going to have like five different YouTube channels, but, um, right. So I put this podcast also on my YouTube, uh, channel and out of all the ones I've done, the last one I did a girl, like she, she literally thought the last one, she literally thought she got, I don't know if you listened to it or looked at it or whatever, but I listened she to thought, it a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like she thought she got abducted by aliens. Right. And, so far, I don't know how it's going to keep doing, but so far it's done pretty good. Not like amazing or anything, but like, yeah, like it's got like five comments and like, you know, um, and I think that really kind of like weird, wild stuff, like ten, like that kind of like fringe stuff, like tends to do good because people are like really interested in that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I kind yeah. of want to get more just fringe kind of people on here obviously i like talking to people like you too but but anyways yeah it has to no be it, really it drives it definitely drives yeah people like i mean look at all the 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 true crime stuff you know on podcasts yeah. like that's one of the largest categories because people like to hear about the the murder the mystery you know like i mean they, they just love to hear about that stuff you know i'm stuck in the technology realm so i get to talk about nerd shit all day but you know but that's there's, true there's, too i mean like, if you could start a channel where like you're really um like you're really knowledgeable on your stuff which it sounds like you are and like you're just like 
giving people information. I think that does really well too. Like kind of, yeah. Giving people who want to learn information on, on what you do. But yeah, so right. that goes to my last question. You're like, what is your podcast? And then also what are some other podcasts, movies, TV shows, music, whatever you're into right now? Yeah. Uh, so my podcast is the uh, Curly Brace podcast. I am one of two hosts on there. Uh, my co-host uh, Red is on there as well. And, um, you know, we talk about everything from, you know, uh, robotic farming to the war in Ukraine uh, to, you know, our backstories, anything that's related to tech, we try to cover it. We try to give a synopsis on our opinions on it and how we see it fitting into the world in the future forthcoming. So uh, some of the stuff that I'm interested in, though, uh, you know, I, I listen to Joe Rogan, uh, mainly for the guests. I love listening to some of the guests that come on there because they have really interesting opinions. Also, like Lex, Lex is great. Um, and I've been trying to listen to more podcasts. Uh, honestly, with my busy schedule, I usually end up just putting on Post Malone <laughs> on my drive home because I'm so stressed out and I just need something to like, you know, jam out to and uh, de-stress, especially with two kids. Um, movies wise, though, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Witcher fan um, with TV shows. I'm a huge Witcher fan. Really sad. Huge what, man? Witcher, Witcher. The Witcher. Oh, The Witcher. OK. Yeah. Really sad to see uh, Henry Cavill go. Um, kind of depressed about that but uh also really into that yeah he's, i think he's doing, he's doing one more and then um oh god what's what's his name thor's brother not loki but like uh his actual name his brother is taking his place i can't even think of his name liam Hensworth. is it like the i'm forgetting the name too like the three brothers like one of them yeah um, liam's hemsworth that's that's who's taking yeah, over yeah, yeah i okay. think so i think that's him so why is Henry Cavill uh the the story is is because he doesn't agree with what the writers are doing with Witcher that's the story so wow and he's also I was gonna say Superman but he's not Superman right he was he was Superman yeah he was Superman I I thought he was gonna go back and do Batman but that's not I don't think that's happening so like Batman and Superman or like he, yeah, I think I think he was just gonna go back and do Batman. Maybe he's gonna do Superman. I don't know. I, I don't I don't follow it. What too do you much, mean? But... What do you mean by Batman? Like he's gonna be? What was he in Batman? No, I I thought I thought there were rumors that he was gonna go be Batman, but I think uh, the okay. Twilight guy beat him out. So yeah, Robert, I actually Batman. liked him yeah. in the last Batman. In general, I like. It seems like he takes pretty good roles usually, like kind of indie roles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it was there anything else, or is that mainly it? Sorry? For, was that it for movies and TV? Yeah, that was it for movies and TV. The only sport I like is Formula One. So, you know, I, I'm, it's, I work in sports entertainment, but I really don't care for many sports. I enjoy watching them, but I never pay to go to an arena, even though I'm in an arena, like, once every two weeks. So. Yeah, and how many podcasts have you guys done? Uh, we've done 12 so far. Uh, we've got 13 and 14 recorded already. So we're just okay, starting. Cool. Yeah. I'll check that out. And then I feel like there was like something I was going to tell you, but you guys do, you guys do both uh, video and audio. So it's on YouTube, right? No. So, so I need to figure out a new way to get stuff up to YouTube easily. 
um, because we were using Libsyn and now that we're using Spotify for podcasters, I switched hosting platforms. They don't automatically create and push to YouTube uh, and we're just audio only anyway. So the I got to figure out the YouTube side of it, but I'm on every major, you know, podcast platform. So. But you're not planning on doing like videos. So the YouTube not thing. Yet. Really- no, yeah. um, my, the, my co-host has decided to drop 15 grand on a recording studio build out in his garage. So we're waiting for that to be done. And then oh, okay. if I decide to make the hour drive to his house every day or every time that we do the podcast, then we'll do video. <laughs> but he's working on that right now. So you see it's an hour drive. Yeah, it's about an hour drive. So if, yeah. if I'm like, if we're going to do video, then we're going to do like, you know, a once a month all day. We're going to find four different topics and go through them and make sure they're really nice and fancy. And then we'll leave it at that because I don't want to be driving an hour back and forth every yeah. Saturday. Well, that's part of the thing that's like so convenient about it is, or the part that's so good about it is that it is so convenient. Like, I, I, I don't think that I'd be able to, you know, obviously like, we wouldn't be able to be doing this like you live in, out of the state and right. it's like i've tried doing it with a couple of friends and even even doing it like over zoom is hard it, it's just hard people are so busy it's hard to meet up with them right but yeah one piece of advice I'd, I'd give to you about it even though the very little that i know is that one thing that i've noticed for one youtube supposedly is is better in general for podcasting most people listen to their podcasts on youtube okay and then Two would be, ideally, if you had video, that would be good. If it's not, then like you said, just put on the audio with like whatever captions or whatever. And but um, one thing that I noticed, and I haven't been doing it recently, I kind of took like a like a month break. But um, pick like the juiciest part. And you obviously want like the most like like Elon Musk or whatever, like shit talking Elon Musk or whoever else like we were, and then post have like a bunch of clips of that, and then post that on YouTube. Is then people can. It's kind of like an obvious thing that like Joe Rogan does, but um, I think I think it does pretty good in general. Like if I have like a spicy yeah. take or whatever, and I throw it up there. But the five minute clip clip is obviously probably going to do better than like the hour or two or whatever. Right. Um, right. But yeah, another thing about Joe Rogan, real quick too, is like so I have kind of like a love hate re- relationship with him. Like I don't love him, I don't hate him. I probably more disagree with most of the stuff he says. But the last guy I was talking to, he was going to come on um the other day and then like i was like what like what do you want to talk about because he's the guest and i figured he'd have the topic and he couldn't like come up with anything i was just like what are you interested in or whatever and then he's and i was like what about comedy because i know he's like a comedian on youtube and yeah basically he couldn't come up with a topic so i was like i don't know we'll just shoot the shit we'll talk about like joe rogan or whatever and he's like i like hate joe rogan he's like but maybe that'll be fun to talk about or whatever and he's like, and then like a little while later, he's like, you know what? Like, I won't be able to come on tonight. And so I think that just by like, just by me saying we can talk about Joe Rogan, he was like, I don't even want to come on. I think, I don't know. He may hit me back, but like, he's obviously such like, like a controversial guy. Yeah. You know, people either love him or hate him. So yeah. But anyways, it, man, it was, it was good. What was that? Oh, no, no, it was, it was pointless. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired too, man. I'm like, it's, it's a. Uh, 12.30 here. I got work in the morning, too, so. Damn. All right. So, I'll let you go. It was good talking to you. Maybe we can do this again. I know, like, you wanted to get, like, your whole video set up, so this was, like, a last-minute thing for both of us, so. Yeah. Um, Just hit me up and let me know if you ever want to come on again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll get my video set up or, you know, if, if you're up to it, then I'll bring on my co-host too. And they, he is the AI developer, by the way. So if you have any more questions about AI, he is definitely the one uh, that you can ask questions to because he works with it every day with a, uh, in the medical field. So. Yeah, for sure. Or I don't know if you guys have guests. If, I, I wouldn't probably make sense, but you know, either way, whatever, you know what I mean? I can go in yeah. yours, you can come up. Yeah, for sure. All right. It was good. It was good talking to you. I'll, uh, you too. I'll let you know when it goes up. Okay. Thanks, man. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.